The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They don't reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, lighten the fuck up. Enjoy. Now, Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to another very fine edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes podcast. Nice to uh, have you all with me this evening or afternoon or whenever you're listening to it. Right off the bat, of course, I need to give special thanks to the folks that are making this podcast possible, and that is Triad Medical Training. They specialize in canine medicine and tactical medicine. They are a veteran and law enforcement-owned business dedicated to bringing the best training and medical equipment to the end users. And you can find them over on Instagram, Triad Medical Training, and then their website, very simple, www.triadmedicaltraining.com. I'll have those links on the podcast. And I also got some YouTube links that will show off some of their stuff. So definitely go check these guys out. They've got some really, really great stuff. Thanks again to them for sponsoring this podcast. Just a couple things right off the bat. Um, We'll get to the band in a little bit, but I, I mentioned in the podcast that there was a, a fellow that did stand-up that had a little bit that I was going to put in here. Uh, I can't find his stuff, so he needs to message me back. Sorry, buddy. Um, so we'll have a normal band on this one, but I'm not opposed to that either. But yeah, if you guys have a band you want to promote, a uh, LEO band, or you know, you got a stand-up thing, fuck, I'll put it on here. I'm uh, all about helping you guys out. So the uh, Poorly Made Weight Loss Challenge. Uh, just kind of going sideways about where I was last week, fighting a cold, man, man, cold, man flu. I don't know. Um, or I have the black death. I'm not sure, but, uh, I, I recorded this last night or the podcast last night and I'm doing this intro today, which that doesn't make sense if you don't know what today is and tomorrow is. Yeah. So feeling better off. Hopefully that continues. I'm, uh, I'm really excited for, uh, the couples podcast, which will be the next one after that. I, Fuck, I just hope I don't lose my voice because that tends to happen to me once a year. So hopefully it's not in the next couple months. Speaking of that, the uh, podcast rolling along. We're going to go straight into Christmas, I think. there might, I mean, might miss Thanksgiving. I'm not sure if I'm going to put one out on Thanksgiving or not. But we'll go straight into Christmas and then uh, I'll probably take a week or two break and then we'll we'll get back back into it. So with that said, as always, if you want to donate a patch or some swag to the uh, sex dungeon down here to make my podcast studio a little cooler, you can uh, email me, poorlymadepolicememes at gmail.com, or slide into my DMs. And then uh, I'm going to mention again, even though I mentioned it in the podcast, uh, nominate your, your buddies to get some cool shit, and uh, I'll try and hook them up. So you guys all know the details on that already, but just in case you don't, poorlymadepolicememes at gmail.com email that nominate your buddy at work that does a good job and potentially they could win some free shit i don't know if you guys have noticed but i've uh, moved away from the headset i was using which wasn't bad and i'm finally braving out there to try the the new mic i've got which i noticed a huge difference it was the first one i did the whole podcast on and editing it this morning it sounded fucking way better besides the terrible sound of my voice it actually canceled out background noise a lot better than i thought it would so Hopefully uh, we have a solution to the uh, poorly made problems where it's not great, but it doesn't hurt your ears. All right, let's uh, get to the music go around. Let's see what band we have up today. All right, and it looks like, and 
Who knows? I probably would have fucked up the order, but it's poorly made, so it doesn't matter. Uh, and I'm going to mispronounce the name of the band probably again anyway. But it's uh, Encladis. Encladis. Enchiladas. Sorry, dudes. But the, they're a progressive metal band from West Palm Beach, Florida. The bass player is a 14-year LEO vet and currently sergeant over K9. If you're into bands like Couture and Mudvayne, then Cladis, Encladis, Enchiladas is right up your alley. The band has just stepped in the studio to record their first EP and expected to drop by the end of the year. So I'm sure they'll let me know when that happens so you guys can fucking get that album. Anyway, they got some uh, tour dates coming up here in uh, Florida. So look these dudes up. I'll have the links on social media. And uh, here's some fucking metal. And then we'll be in with the uh, podcast with two fellas from Ohio and just... Hey, that was a good rhyme. We'll be right back. As the stealth bombers rolled out the assembly line, rumors surfaced that the military was test flying recovered alien craft at a secret government base known as Area 51. All right, and now I have with me the legends, Wayne and Derry, and I'm your host, who has not had a finger in his bum, Squirrely Nan, that I know of, anyway. How are you boys doing tonight? Hey, we're doing pretty well. Not so bad. Not so bad, not not so so bad. bad in you. Good in you. <laughs> I, I should have gone with McMurray. Oh. Uh, missed opportunity right there. Yeah. 5.15, boys. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, welcome to the podcast, guys. Um, now, we have to have a very important discussion about alcohol before we uh, get on, because my friend Wayne here had suggested a, uh, a whiskey to me, and then uh, I saw the price. It's a, it's a I, scotch, Squirrely. It's a scotch. It says it's a malt scotch whiskey. Isn't that a fucking whiskey? Yeah. You're going to want to sit this one yeah. out, because this guy studies pretty hard <laughs> okay. on this stuff. I drink bottom shelf shit. I started out with pickled dick whiskey. I, I am well aware. So I've got here some fucking expensive shit. I had to steal my dad's credit card for this one. It is Oban. Oban? Is that how I say it? Oban. Oban. Sorry. My yeah. bad. No worries. No worries. And it's a little bay of caves. And it's like fucking $100 shit. So I'm, this is the most expensive thing I've ever put in my mouth that i'm aware of let's i'm gonna have a little sip here pinky's out wow you want to put a pickle in it no no i think my taste in alcohol just went up a lot <laughs> it's like no, going to class. it's like disneyland is in my mouth yeah <laughs> Ooh, damn it's smooth should it be is smooth, smooth anyways yeah, it, it is smooth yeah, I've uh, I've never had anything like this. This is, I can see why it costs a hundred dollars, for sure. I'm gonna sip it very slowly though. I don't have a beer to try today because I have a hundred dollar scotch, <laughs> and so I didn't want to ruin it with some fucking shitty bushlight apple or something. So <laughs> that'd be a sin. Yeah, it would be a sin. So uh, enough about alcohol and uh, finger in a bum jokes. Y'all are cops in Ohio, is that correct? Yep. 
how is policing out in Ohio right now? Awkward silence. I love <laughs> it's it. It's a very good question. I'm going to let. Well, that. we're. Um, <clears throat> I think Ohio is uh, is in a, a pretty interesting interesting position. It's uh, it's sort of in between in between um, some of the states that you see right now that are are burning with officers running, and uh, and some of the states that uh, other guys or other people may associate with. Uh, sort of a safe haven for police officers. It's uh, it, it kind of depends city to city where you go, and that's kind of where we find ourselves. And we are we are in a location that's probably a, a little bit leaning towards some of the places that are burning. Okay, because a couple episodes back, I had a, a he's a narc out in Ohio, and he hasn't been on the road for a minute, but he seemed to be fairly happy with things in Ohio, and I was surprised. Because when I think of Ohio, I think of Columbus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, everything, everybody knows all the issues in Columbus. So I was just shocked that policing was okay there. But it sounds like it, it is very, it really varies place to place, huh? Yeah, it's honestly, it, it really is hit or miss depending on the community they go to. So instead of uh, sort of defining police work by a state, you are, you're looking more from municipality to municipality and leadership to leadership. So, uh, and depending on what uh, a city council or a mayor or a, a police chief might be trying to accomplish with their department, where they're trying to set themselves up. So I think that's where Ohio is really kind of in a, kind of a, a gray state right now, um, because you have, you have it being pulled in a couple of different directions. So it creates a, it, it creates a kind of a confusing environment for a lot of the officers that are working here. Favorite dumpster fire though. Yeah, it is true. I would rank that at the top. Yeah. Are there any big cities in Ohio that are, would be decent to work for or no? That's a, that's a fair question because most people with Ohio wonder if there are any decent cities at all, which uh, I mean, we're talking about if there's any decent city outside of Columbus. Uh, and I, and I mean, there any... big city, like, is there a decent big city? There, there really aren't that. I mean, what you have Cincinnati, Dayton, Toledo, Cleveland, and Columbus are really your, are, are your main ones. Uh, Columbus is, you know, I have some, I have some good friends that work at, uh, at Columbus. Um, you know, they, to be honest with you, they, they even talk about police work there right now that it's almost non-existent, at least from the, the proactive standpoint. They've basically been told, collect your paycheck, answer your calls, uh, try not to get on YouTube or on the news. To a certain degree, for um, for officers there, it's kind of like it's it's fairly easy. Um, I, I can't, I, I don't think there are any major municipalities, cities in in the state right now that would probably be really attractive to somebody trying to escape a, you know, a New York city or, or, or some of the other, some of the other areas. I think they're, they're probably all kind of heading in the same direction. I wanted to get to a point you made about, you know, basically being told to sit out there and not be proactive, which my department did. And then they would tell you when it was convenient. No, we never told you that. But then they'd say, well, yeah, we do mean that, but, but don't do that. You know, so it was, we got, it was very confusing, but Mm. the problem with that logic is even if they're good with, Hey, don't go out there and be proactive. The problem is, is especially in bigger cities, you're going to get called to crazy shit. It's going to happen on a somewhat regular basis. 
you know, some of these, and not to trash guys in small towns, but in bad shit can happen to cops everywhere. But depending on where you work, you're not getting the same fucking, you could work, go to 10 calls in your shift and all 10 of them are fucked in a big city. Where in a small town, I don't know that that necessarily happens. So that's, I think the problem with that logic is, you know, even though you work in a big city, you get a big paycheck, you're kind of fucked because even though they don't want you to do anything, you're still being placed in positions where you have to take action. Yeah, look at the the Columbus uh, girl with the knife, you know, actively stabbing another girl or attempting to stab another girl. I mean, if only LeBron was look. there. Oh God, yeah. What a fucking. We're joke. really proud of him here. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, no, really proud of. Him. We wish he stick around in Ohio. Yeah, right. Not so much, but yeah. It, and and what kind of mentality does that create then for the officers that are working at these at these departments, where you're told. Um, I understand your point. I'll get back to that for a second because that's even relevant to to uh, to where we work. Um, but you're told basically to collect your paycheck and sit on your phone and hang out. Um, yeah, you do get called to some crazy stuff, and you never know. Um, even even if you're only reactive, you know. I think at least keeping some somewhat of a proactive mindset, sort of staying in the fray. Uh, you keep your those those skills diminish. Absolutely, <laughs> I, you made a I great always, point about that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I always find myself when I'm in a busy week. At the end of that week, when I get a call that comes out, and I'm working with people that I know have the same mentality, the same mindset, they're working towards the same thing. It's like I know that we're going to take care of business the way that we're supposed to take care of it. It's that sort of mentality, I think, that you know, at least for our department, like. Um, you have to bid for days and most of most of the guys on days have been there for you know 37 years plus and haven't done a thing in 36 years you don't want to go on a call with them especially not a hot call not something that matters so even in a small town when that one thing finally does come out and you you don't have yourself mentally prepared you're on your you know your fifth season of squid games um <laughs> what what state are you going to be in to respond to that and how how effective are you going to be so i and i think it creates a unfortunately that's creating a problem in a lot of departments around the state um and and officers who are just not going to be mentally prepared to handle the kind of calls that we're supposed to handle dude you really really hit the nail on the head and i think that's a very important thing for everyone listening to this podcast to think about is this job is a very mentally intensive job. You have to be thinking all the time. If you don't have your head in it and you go to some call, you're going to get yourself killed, maybe somebody else killed. I'm trying to collect my thoughts on this because I think we have this big issue now where you made the great point of, you know, you don't want to go to the call with the old guy. And that's kind of been a thing for a while. But then you don't want to go on a call with somebody, I would say, anywhere from Rook to three years on. Because they do not have the experience. And some of it, yep. you know, I, I could trash the Gen Z kids all day, but some of it's that. And then some of it is they flat out weren't trained to do the job. They've been cheated. I They've mean, been cheated. Absolutely yeah, cheated. They haven't got the same experience. They haven't got the same teachings as we got. So I think, you know, if you're kind of in this four to 15 year range, and if you're not checked out, you're okay. But man, once you check out, it's hard to fucking get back. And yep. a lot of guys do because they're so they're dead inside and they're just trying to make it through the day. 
they know, Hey, look, this is a great paying job. You know, I can go on vacations with, well, and I can't say this for everybody, but I'm, I'm just speaking for my circumstance. This is a great paying job. I can go on vacations. I can have nice things. This is for my family. And that's the thing that I struggled with the most is I knew I'd be giving up a lot for my family because it was good. I worked at a very high paying department or I thought I did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, I don't make anywhere near the same money as I used to doing what I do now, not even close, but you know, is it worth your life or not? And and that, that can mean several different ways, but you know, life's short. You know, I, in 35 years is good chance I'm going to be, you know, in the ground. I got to take advantage of every moment and not to get too deep on this, but fuck, dude, it's, it's hard to be there when you don't want to be there. And I think that's the right. That's that's what this last year and a half has forced a lot of people to think about is, you know, so so we work for, you know, we're well compensated for what we do. Um at least from a, a police perspective, I think two years ago, people don't think about that as much, at least, at least guys coming from, at least guys coming from a, a department where you're actually halfway decently compensated. Some of the other departments uh, where you're not, it, that'll be an interesting segue, I guess, at some point, but um, where you are actually paid decently to be a police officer. I, I think the last year and a half has really made a lot of people contemplate is it worth, is it worth the money? Is it worth what it is asking of my family? Is it worth what it potentially is asking of me in the situations that I find myself in? Kind of like we were talking about before the, before the podcast started, you know, am I going to lose my house? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose my freedom? Those are, those are questions that I don't think a lot of officers were asking themselves two years ago, where is me doing my job to the best of my ability with what has been presented to me is all of a sudden my, is my address and my family, my name can be plastered all over, all over the news, all over the internet. It's like, those are things that I don't think a lot of us thought about a couple of years ago. Yeah. I thought about that a lot is you have no control over if you're going to be in that next high profile incident. I don't want fucking reporters knocking at my door. Right. I don't want fucking my family and my kids dealing with that. Yep. It came to, you know, what is it worth? Fuck you, Norton, in your live update. I don't want to do that right now. No, I don't want to restart you, right now. It's a bad idea. It's very important that you do it. I've... <sighs> Fuck you. Man, it totally killed my, my chi. Thanks, Norton. I'm going to buy <laughs> McAfee next time. Um, I think that, uh, I think that program's dead, too, actually. I think. Um, is it gone? No, it's still there. It came. Yeah. It came with my uh, computer for like two months. Oh, there you go. I Here. thought that program hung itself. Ooh. <laughs> no. Was that his thing? What? Was that his? I don't know. Well, I guess that's no. It's him. him. Was it him? We'll go with it. No, it's totally. We'll him. Yeah, he's dead. So the podcast the brought to you by Norton. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was recently by, by McAfee. R.I.P. Right? Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was you're right. That dude was fucking weird. Um, well, this is a weird segue, but we're going to talk about a weird story that has nothing to do with police work. You know what? You want to know why I have Norton? Do tell. McAfee killed himself. Oh no. Oh. oh, by the way, that reminds me of a joke, unrelated. But the only reason I have Norton is because like three years ago I put my credit card in there because I wanted it. 
and it automatically updates every year. And I always see that I renewed my subscription and I'm like, fuck, I need to cancel that. And I never do. Mm-hmm. And when I got this laptop, I was like, oh, I think I've had coverage on the computer I haven't had for three years. So let's uh, let's fire it up. And there it was. What do girls say the guys that have big dicks? Probably don't drive a big truck. Um, I got nothing. Yeah, well, I didn't figure you would know. No, I'm completely ignorant to this. Subject, <laughs> See, no, so. it's like, that's not, that's, it's unkind to yeah. two people here. It's like, well, I mean, I'm not near as we are using Canadian pseudonames, so that's fair assumption. Right. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that we don't know. Don't. Thanks no God, general. mom and dad for that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thanks. I just saw, I literally just saw that joke like two minutes before the podcast. I was like, oh, I got to throw that in there. These boys. Is that like something like pops up when you're waiting for like Norton to re <laughs> Yeah, it just gives you like a. The fir- a, a, first pop up is, "Hey, guess who we killed?" And then the second one is, uh, "How to insult hey, somebody with a small penis joke?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like you it. Your bang for your buck with that Norton. I'm idea. starting yeah. to. Uh, I might yeah. have to uh, subscribe here. That's good. My advertisers probably like getting fucking pissed. They're like, "Why do they keep talking about Norton? Why aren't they talking about me?" <laughs> well, I hope it's not a Norton competitor. You are. Oh no! Oh no! Sorry, I got the man flu going on right now. I apologize, which my wife claims it's not worse than childbirth. But how does she know? She's never she fucking know? she's never been a dude with a cold. How do you yeah. fucking know? It's a whole nother world. I don't understand. It'd be way worse. Yeah. Mm. Put this hundred dollar whiskey. It's making my life better. It's going to help. <laughs> Trust me, it's going to help. What you know would make it even better is if I had a good fucking cigar down here, too. Well, well, on that note, that, yeah. yeah, I should have. Oh man, you have yours. We were gonna fire some up here, but well, I'm down in the sex dungeon down here. It probably would light on fire and kill my family, so I probably shouldn't. Well, yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. All right, let's get back on topic here. We we really lost ourselves between all these weird jokes, and people probably don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> um, I wanted to touch on the cops that make no money, though, because that's an interesting thing to me where people are dogging cops and for the most part very few cops make decent living money Mm -hmm. i mean with the exception of some uh metropolitan cities and i if you're a cop in a small area you make dog shit money yep between 15 and 20 bucks an hour which i guess depending on cost of living may not be that bad but it's crazy to me. I mean, I, I looked into taking a job on the Eastern Plains of Colorado and I really wanted to, I really wanted to work there. I thought it would be a great place to work. I couldn't live off that with my kids there. I, there's no way I could have lived off that kind of money. And, you know, people wonder why, you know, the, a, some of these smaller agencies, this might rub some people the wrong way, but they lose their good cops. Why do they lose them? Mm -hmm. Because they move on to bigger agencies and that might be for the thrill of, you know, the, the running gun type of stuff, or it's because they don't fucking make a living wage. Yeah. So, you know, we want the police to be better trained, but we're not going to pay for their training. We're going to give them the same state mandated sexual harassment training since 1985. And we're not going to pay them, but we want all the shit out of cops. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The, the incredible thing about that, though, I think for for quite a long time is that you still have communities there where guys don't care. Um, officers don't 
have not cared as much about that. They just want to do the job and they want to do it well. And I think you have a lot of really um, skilled, gifted cops who are doing the job for way less money than they should be. Absolutely. Um, because they are committed to doing it. It's the environment that is being created now. It's I don't understand how these communities are still holding on to cops who want to do that. When, you know, when I when I first so I started off at I started off at a, a department in Ohio um, that was kind of in that uh, in that same predicament. It was a township, small township. I uh, got paid, you know, I think it was like fifteen bucks an hour, sixteen bucks an hour. Um, I think I had to sign some waiver where like they didn't have to give me, provide me health insurance. Jesus. Uh, yeah, it was a mess and it was all on levies. Uh, so like the levy, a levy failed. So I got laid off, you know, it was, it was a mess. So of course I was, I was looking for somewhere else to go. So my current, my current agency pays, uh, pays very well. So I showed up to take a test, uh, and that was back in 2012, I think 2011, 2012. And there were like 450 people there taking that test. And they had advertised at that point in time for one position. And I got a call for that agency like two or three years later as they were making their way down the list. And I was, I, I wasn't that, you know, I'm not the, the most skilled test taker, but I wasn't that far down on the list. And I think we were both on the same test. We? Yeah, we were both on the same test. Um, so we got hired in, in pretty close proximity to each other. Yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know how, how they're able to keep, especially nowadays, when we have um, agencies like our department has is, is put out a test and other local agencies that put out tests. Our pay has increased, but we're getting like 30 or 40 people showing up for those tests. So basically, if you are a cop that's already certified in the state of Ohio and you're working for one of these smaller departments where you're getting paid absolute crap, you can walk into one of these departments and triple your salary. I just don't, uh, you know, other than family ties and some commitment to your community, I just don't understand how, how these smaller unpaid, you know, low, low salary departments are surviving. I really don't understand. Well, balance. I mean, you know, Columbus looks at our favorite dumpster fire here locally in the area anyways, in the state, um, you know, they, what they just up their salary, it's in excess mm -hmm. of a hundred thousand base pay, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I'm trying not to talk out of my ass too much, but I feel like it, I, I'm pretty sure it was over a hundred thousand now, but <clears throat> you know, that comes with that great risk where you're talking about, of, you know, losing your freedoms and, um, you know, rural Ohio, mostly still seeing good support for law enforcement, you know, law and order, um, you know, largely, um, farm area, things like that. Um, the pay is a lot less, but the chances of you, you know, experiencing uh, some type of critical incident that ends up putting you in prison for something that you're just doing your job the best that you could, you know, a lot less in those areas. So there's sort of a balance. But what I don't, you know, what I really feel for is these, um, a lot of these cities where the pay is low and the stakes are still high, you know, a lot of them hate to say it, but it seems like regionally speaking, the southern states definitely suffer from that where you've got a lot of big cities where crime's high you've got people out to that would just love to see a police officer go to prison for just about anything you know rightfully so or not and the pay's low and that's that's who i feel for in, in this day and age absolutely i guess i'll add one thing to this discussion is 
everybody's situation is unique. You know, a couple of years ago, no way I could take a pay cut. No way I have to make what I make, which is, you know, something they tell you early on is, hey, don't, a lot of cops are guilty of it. I'm just going to say it. And I was too, is, is, you know, you get that job, you get those first couple extra duty checks and you just start fucking living large. Right. And then before you know it, you got $30,000 in credit card debt. Um, I'm in a position now where, you know, because of the life changes I've made and things I was able to do, I would gladly go work somewhere small and make dog shit money just for the love of the job that because I don't need the money. I just want to be a cop, you know, and that's, that's something I debate frequently is, you know, you know, I move States, you know, do I go out and I get certified and I go do it or do I, you know, do I cut my losses, do this, move on, whatever. But I think everybody's situation is very circumstantial and, you know, I'm not going to shit on small town guys because there's guys that can make that work on that salary and, you know, whether their wife does something else or, you know, maybe the, but I think you bring up a good point there, though. It's it's kind of like for the love of the game, right? <coughs> so when when you get paid less, when you get into the profession for the right reasons, and I think most, I think a lot, I think a lot of guys do get into it for the right reasons. But when you're not paid as well for it, sometimes it remains the love of the game. It's the it's. I think it's easier to recount the reasons why you got into the profession for the first place. When you start getting compensated. And you start getting, like, at least I know for us, like, there are opportunities to earn ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of overtime work, and it starts to become more about what you're able to gain financially. You lose sometimes you lose sight of why you got into the job for the first place to to an extent, and it doesn't give you the opportunity to think. Then, I think that was the point uh, we had kind of just briefly touched on before was then all of a sudden when, when things do start to get into an environment like we're talking about, yeah, if, if you're making, making 32000 or $42,000 a year as a, as, a, as a cop in a community, if you, need to, if you need to find an exit strategy, it's not that difficult because there are a lot of jobs that, that will pay you about the same amount. Um, but when you, are, when you are looking at a department where you have the opportunity to earn six figures, and all of a sudden things hit the fan and you're like, oh, oh no. Bingo. You don't, you don't, you start looking around and you're like, well, uh, I'm, I'm an officer with a, uh, with a criminal justice degree and uh, 10 years in law enforcement. Where do I go? And, and those, uh, those avenues are pretty narrow. So oh, yeah, it, it, absolutely. That can, that can really force, uh, that can really force. And again, like you said, you start, you start making that money and you start living, not necessarily, you don't even have to live above your means. You can start living, um, you can start living modestly within your means and it can still be a almost impossible hit to take um, if you decide that it's time to exit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what scares a lot of people away. And if you, you know, when I, I make the memes about leaving or staying, there's always the infighting in the comments. And the reason is because guys and gals don't understand each other's circumstance. Yeah. And for the reasons you just, you laid out there, if you work in some podunk place, fucking go be a, you know, work in a fucking factory, you'll make more money. Yeah. You work in a big city. You're, you're, unless you've got something else, you're not going to replace that income. 
Right. That's you know, one of the interesting things too about the comment section on your memes. Um, I mean, first of all, one of the things that I think is, has been great about poorly made, you know, we've had we've had discussions within our departments, within our department, and I know uh, some other guys from departments around here as well that everybody like suspects like somebody in their department is the person making those memes. <laughs> dude, I get weekly messages being like, Hey yeah. dude, do I work with you? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, so like what, what you capture in those memes obviously relates to officers across the country in every single department. I think that's the, I think that's the great part about them and why they, why they're that's not only so part. funny, but also so relatable. Um, that part of it is incredible, but what I don't understand then, like in some of the comments, you'll, you know, even with your, with your decision to leave is that, and I, I don't know, I mean, I don't know where some of those people commenting come from. I don't know what kind of department they come from, but generally speaking, my, my understanding is they come from sm some small department where, you know, they an answer one hot call a year. And it's like, it's some type of betrayal to your community to step away from the job where, you know, I think, I think if you talk to, to most officers that are, that are working in a decent sized municipality where you're, you're answering hot calls on a, a regular basis, like that decision to leave most of the time, like, yeah, if, if you see a, an officer that you enjoy working with and that you respect, you see him leave, you're sad to see him go, but you're also I don't know. I think it gives you some sense of relief of being like, man, I'm glad you got out, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that's where like the majority of response to you know, the memes that you make and to the things that you talk about, like most of the guys, when they hear that you left are, are actually like relieved for you. They're happy. It's some other little small faction of officers who have this idea that once you commit to this job, you are committed for life. And uh, leave it as some type of betrayal. I think that's there's a safe bet crap. that they wear um, five eleven apparel everywhere. Yeah, very they safe have bet. Blue line very stickers on their lifted truck. Yeah, and they also have small peepees. Small peepees. <laughs> yes, as do we apparently. Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> hey man, five point one five inches is the average. So just throw it out there. Is, you can be a little bit below, and I'm still yeah, I'm still okay with it. You know, know? I've always been okay. Yeah. All I can yeah. say is four times, guys. That's all I can prove. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I got two kids out of it. So, uh, hey, at least it two works. for two, buddy. Two for two. <laughs> it's kind of interesting when I put the question. And by the way, Facebook people, I'm, I neglected you again. I'm sorry. But when I put these requests for questions on Instagram, I either get a million or I get like four. This is one of these ones where I got a million. So we got a lot of good stuff to get to. And a lot of it's Ohio based too. So We'll get to the questions in just one second, but it is time to give away a t-shirt. And of course, I'm an idiot and I don't have my email pulled up. And the question is, will I edit this out? Probably well, not. I mean, I Norton's probably slowing it down a little bit. It's clearly Norton. Well, he's yeah. still choking out my caffeine, so <laughs> I probably deleted it. This is a fucking mess. I apologize, boys. I, uh, I clean out my email box for this account. Dude, I had emails from like September of 2019, I hadn't checked. Uh, it feels good. Doesn't it feel good to get an email cleaned out? You know what? I gave up. I had a, I had a Gmail account. I mean, I still use it. I used to be adamant about keeping it like at 10 unread emails. It's, a, it's a like 12,000 now. I just don't care anymore. 
it's i was uh since we're talking about it disposition disposition even yeah. towards law enforcement yeah my uh <laughs> my hotmail account is it's probably up to like about there yeah i need it i've been wanting to go through it and clear it out but you know and i'm like why do i fucking i don't even live there anymore i get the shit from like you know, Groupon or like Walgreens. I fucking ordered pictures one time and I get a fucking email from Walgreens every fucking day. My work email though, I was religious about it. I fucking checked every message. I put them in a specific folder or I deleted them. And then my car partner would have like, she checked none of them. None of them were checked, never in folders and it, it drove me nuts. I don't know why, but there you go. There's an email story. It's very exciting. I empathize. Yeah. I, I too am I'm quite anal retentive when it comes to my email at work. Now home, I don't care, but work yeah. has got to be clean. Got to keep it clean. Yeah. All right. So this is a very short, short and to the point, but this guy deserves some shit. So by the way, you guys are slacking. If you have a good partner, email me at poorly made police memes at gmail.com. Uh, tell me why they kick ass and potentially they could have their story read on the podcast and they could get some free shit. So make it happen. And uh, this is also thanks to an anonymous donor that gave me some money so I could give some shit away, which is really cool. So I won't say his name, but he is uh, always humble, willing to help out rookies, hard worker, and doesn't take shortcuts at work. And that's why he deserves to win some shit. I'm good with all of those because the rookies need help sometimes if they deserve it. If you're a rookie that knows everything, I will go out of my way to make your life hell. But if you want to learn, I would help you. Cheers to that. Uh, I'm going to edit it out and it's just going to say cheers to that. And it's going to sound awesome. (laughs) Let's talk about some rookies, but I I frequently get questions from people. Let's talk about this. I frequently get questions from people asking like, Hey, you know, I'm going to join law enforcement. What are some tips that you would give me? Which the first tip I would give you is don't ask a meme page, but whatever. It's all advice. It's advice. Um, But don't be a fucking know-it-all. It's okay to be confident. Confidence is fine. Don't be a know-it-all. Like if you're like a two-year boot or two-year, a two-month boot and you come to call and you try and run my call, you're going to have a bad day. Yeah. I think um, two years is even fair. Yeah. Yeah. Depending yeah on really. You know, yeah. It's, it's like anything. I mean, like some two-year boots are good, but don't fucking be a know-it-all. Now, obviously, if it's like you're safe, you know, it's a big office safety issue, fine. But don't fucking try and run a senior guy's call. Cause if you do, you're liable to fucking get the call. Cause the senior dude will fucking leave and you'll be stuck with it. Yeah. Um, just be fucking humble and willing to learn. I hate when people fucking come out of the Academy and FTO and think, Oh, I did an Academy and I did training and I did. Okay. So I fucking know everything. Yep. I didn't feel confident until I had about five years on. Mm-hmm. And even then yep. I was humble enough to know that I didn't know everything. Yep. And it's okay to slow down. It's okay to think things out. Because what the decisions you make are important. Yeah. Potentially, you're taking somebody's freedom away. That's yeah. a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. And you're also putting yourself, you're also going to be involved in situations in which not only, not only is your life in danger, other officers responding with you, their lives are in danger, and the people that you're serving, their lives are in danger. So you going in there pretending like you know everything doesn't necessarily put yourself in the best you don't put yourself in the best situation to to protect all of those other people that are that are mentioned your ego doesn't run the show unfortunately and the experience of other officers 
that are further on down the road make a make a huge difference in that yeah my um my favorite comments that come out of that sometimes when i make that point is like you know some new guys like oh well i have a bunch of callers and you know this old guy he hasn't done anything for a while and blah 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 well you know maybe there's a little truth to that he's been there for a while and you need to respect that time because I found the guys that go around bragging about how many callers they have, you're part of the fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's something that bothers me about people that are coming into this line of work now. I mean, there's, there are a ton of reasons. One of the things that bothers me the most is like we're in a department that doesn't have assigned cars. Somebody that comes in that's brand new hops into a brand new cruiser. It drives me absolutely nuts. It's like, it, I didn't, I didn't even think about driving. I, I always went out and took the oldest cruiser in the fleet until I probably was like five or six years in. I just always assumed one of our last Crown Vicks. Yeah, yeah. I drove, I, I drove one of the last Crown Vicks until it caught on fire while I was sitting in a parking lot. It never did that. That's a lie. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. dude, I had a dude, and bless him, he's a good dude. But when he was brand new. <laughs> He fucking would go to the lieutenant and be like, hey, this car doesn't have Bluetooth. Can I get a car with Bluetooth? <laughs> yeah. It just Motherfucker, you just fucking got here. Right. And you work for the government. So you're yeah, you're in for quite a surprise. <laughs> but dude, isn't isn't that like a isn't that like a generational thing that we're getting into now? Like yeah. I, I don't like I don't want to age ourselves here, but isn't it like a generational thing that we're getting into in law enforcement? Like Okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll claim it. I will claim that title. It's like, but that we are getting into that place now where it's like, you have, you have people going through the Academy now that like, they don't want to go through the same things that everybody else did. Like we, so like one of the, one of my, one of the best experiences when I first started, so I I started back in like 2011 um, was I got like hazed like appropriately. It's like my FTO used to like he had a car that had a um, it was like keyless entry, right? So I was riding shotgun with him, and we'd go into a gas station to get a cup of coffee or something. He'd be like, "Hey, man, I forgot, uh, you know, I, I forgot my wallet in the car. Go get it." So I'd go out there, and you know, it'd be a busy parking lot, people walking all over the place. The car would be locked, and he had like a thing that he could set off like the lights and sirens. So I would get out and like try and open the car handle and like all he would set off like the lights and sirens (laughs) and I would be standing around frantically trying to get in the car, but I didn't have a key to it. Like everybody's like looking around at me like, what is this dude doing? It's like, it's appropriate. Like I would go back and like, I would write a report and it would be absolute crap. Or like I would do something and I would do pushups in front of everybody. You know, it was they they wouldn't even they wouldn't allow me to address them by their first names until they told me like hey you can call me you know first name other than that i had to address them by officer so and so or officer so and so like you had to earn you had to earn your position in the police department you had to earn the respect you had to go through certain calls you had to do certain things i always assumed that any call that came out that was paper that was my call even if it wasn't my beat like I, even if I was already a couple of reports in, I assumed that it was mine because I hadn't done it before. And that mentality is completely different. We tried to, we tried to do a, it was, I mean, it was pretty funny. Uh, 
you know, we were, uh, we're both, uh, we're both FTOs um, now. And we had a, had a guy going through that was, that was having some struggles. And we, we did a couple of things that we thought might help get him mentally prepared for it. Like uh, sitting on the floor backwards and roll call and some of those different things. And it, you know, there was a, you know, we drew out his name and put it on the middle of the floor and he walked in. He was like, where do I sit? Where is your name? Like, yeah, it's on the floor. It's like, well, that's where you need to sit. And it was pointing backwards. So he had to sit with his uh, back to the, back to the Lieutenant as he was given roll call. And, you know, some, somebody saw it within the department and made a complaint about it. And we were all talked to about that. It was like, you know, unfair treatment of an employee and all these different things. So it starts to change. It's just, it's, I thought this was America. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, the, the guy, he was young, relatively low life experience. And yet, you know, thought he knew everything and thought that he could start teasing FTOs and things like that. And I think there's a relatively, I don't know, I think as an FTO, you kind of have a duty to try to help them see some humility in that. Because if you go out in the street and start acting like that, I mean, it could be a problem. You know, if you start acting like, you know everything then that's the time that something bad happens so and i think that's that's the point of good of a good department that has good field training officers it's not to humiliate you i mean yeah it, it is funny but like you you earn respect by going through by going through that process and doing that without complaining without crying to a supervisor or without you know throwing your hands up and quitting it's like that's where you earn the respect and it's funny that you uh we this came up because i don't did you guys see the meme i posted with the little dog the last oh, meme yeah. I posted yep yep that's, that's exactly what this is about is it? yep it's and you know i hate to throw the generational thing and, and things are different for our, all generations but they're just soft i mean i don't know they've never been yelled at they've been treated differently their whole lives because the world's different which is some of it's not their fault but you know, you have to understand as a 23-year-old kid, you're going to be going to DV calls with people that have been married for longer than you've been alive. Mm-hmm. And you don't just get respect by showing up there with a badge. So that's not how things work anymore. Yeah. And Especially now. Especially oh yeah. now. Oh, yeah. You, know. you have to be able to talk to people, be humble. I mean, there's a, a, a guy here locally. I'm not sure where he works, but I've seen him around when he was in training and he's just got this, and he's, I can tell he's 21. He's just got this smug fucking look on his face all the time. This guy would get his ass kicked in bigger cities. You just can't fucking act like that and, and act like you're above people. That's the fucking shit people don't like. The best yeah. cops I fucking knew were humble. Yeah. Um, here's a story about earning respect, because this will answer one of my questions here. Is somebody had a question about like a good rookie story. When I was new, I got assigned to a senior day watch team before our first official bid. And so I was working with dudes that had been on for a while. And one of these guys, he was, he was notoriously rough on new guys because you had to earn his respect. The first call I went on with him, I was primary and he was my cover. We get there about the same time. He walks past me, knocks on the door, handles the call, doesn't acknowledge my existence and leaves. Like I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I got to earn this dude's respect. Yeah. So the next call that we got assigned together, which was like a week later, 
I beat him to the call and I started handling it before he got there. And it ended up being like a total shit show, total shit show, fucked up call, fucked up DV. Um, and, you know, all day event going to hospitals, caught somebody in a lie. I mean, it was a, it was an interesting case. It was a good case for a rookie, which by the way, if you're a new guy, take those fucked up calls. It'll make you a better cop. Absolutely. Down the road. Yep. Um, yep. Because if you avoid the fucked up calls, we make memes about, uh, you know, joking around, not wanting to go to them, but, if you avoid them and you never go to them, you will be worthless as a cop if you can't figure your shit out. Anyway, so I took this call and he said, hey, I'm, I'll take it. It's my area. I said, nope, I got it, boss. And that was it. And uh, after that, he had no problems with me. And I like a couple of years later, somebody's like, hey, uh, so-and-so said, you know, you write your good reports and you do a good job. I'm like, oh, that's I was surprised to hear that. I was like, cool. I'm glad he likes my work. And he's like, I've never heard him say anything good about anybody. So you should like that. So, you know, and I'm not going to toot my own horn about it, but that, you know, that meant a lot to me. And it kind of cemented in my mind, like you have to earn these dudes respect because, you know, that's how this fucking job should work. You shouldn't, you know, pass the Academy. And now all of a sudden you're blessed and you're, you're fucking on the same level as everybody. Cause you're not. Yep. Yeah. I, um, I watch like just like as a matter of principle, I I watch uh, Band of Brothers at least once a year. I mean, it's a it's a phenomenal show. Anyways, it's it's so great. But there are so many principles from that generation that I, for one, don't want to forget, but remind myself of why it's important, even for law enforcement. And so they have that whole segment there of where like they have. Um, they've just gone through like the worst of the worst and then they get a bunch of replacements that get sent in and about how those replacements have not gone through what the the preliminary guys have gone through and they have to earn that spot they have to earn that respect through through their actions through what they do so i think that like it it translates well into law enforcement that you know we don't care about what college you went to we don't care about where you came from any of that stuff go out there you don't have to you don't have to handle things perfectly what what officer does right um even 15 20 year experienced officer is still learning all the time i think that's the thing about the job is that you never stop learning um the the humility aspect that you mentioned is so important for new people coming in. And I think it's, I think it's important for officers who've been on the job for a long time is not to forget the humility aspect is to stay humble. Um, I think humble is dangerous. You know, I think you stay humble. Um, you stay respectful, you know, the appropriate time then when the game is on, it's like, and I don't know, you're not ruffling people, people's feathers. You're not trying to create an incident. Um, I've always thought the most people, the, the people that were most dangerous, the people that I respected and feared the most were the people who could handle, who could handle calls with humility and class without getting too riled up. And it's like, but when I knew like the, the switch was flipped then it was like, yeah, I, I don't, I would be careful. <laughs> you know what? And the guy I just referenced, um, who is honestly one of my biggest, you know, he was the guy I looked up to on the department. Um, once I met him, he was like that too. You know, he would treat rooks a certain way, but he'd never treat anybody on a call that way. Yeah. He was always good to people. You know, he seemed like this real rough guy, but he was 
really fucking decent to people. But when it was time, it was fucking time. Yep. I'm, I'm even a little bit, <clears throat> I don't know, into the juju of it or, you know, whatever you want to call it. The, the, uh, Are you going to talk about BJJ? No. No, okay. no, I am not going to talk about it. I understand that that is a hot hot button for you. Not going not gonna to touch on that. Hey, dude, I know. Uh, here's my thing. I don't get anybody who wants to go out there and do it and better themselves. It's fucking cool. Yeah. I'm good with it, man. And it will probably help you out. It will help you out in the street. It's just not the end all be all. Like you have to be well rounded in everything. That's that was that's my point with all that shit. I'm not trashing well, anybody that does it. No, no, I got you. And going back to that, I mean, some people prideful in that to the point where they think that that's you know the end all be all, and now they're a super cop. But um, no, I you know just to impart some dad wisdom, you know, on this podcast. Uh, my one of my favorite sayings is, is a man with a man with pride is a man about to fall. And I just think that that's, you know, pretty important to carry with you because you see that a lot and kind of goes back to what we were saying with, you know, you, you walk around and act like you know everything, and, you know, act like you're God's gift to police work. And, well, unfortunately, you could be tested, you know, and hopefully you win, hopefully you pass, but I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little more superstitious and I don't care to uh, egg that on if I can help it. So a little humility Absolutely. goes a little ways. Absolutely. Well, this has been a good discussion, gents. We're going to hit on some of the questions here and they're kind of all over the place. So be, be wary of that. We're going to start out light. What is the best breakfast food? Bacon. I'm going to say that again, cause you made Canadian a weird noise bacon. as I said it. What is the Sorry, best? That was, a, that was the cork of a... I know it was. And you keep interrupting me, you fuck. I'm going to say it one more time. And I'm going to keep this in because he's a dick. Um, what <laughs> is the best breakfast food? Be you fucking dick. What is the best <laughs> breakfast food? Canadian bacon. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to second that. Canadian bacon. Really? Oh, yeah. Fucking ham. Well, it's the same thing, so to speak. It's different. It's... 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 it's if I see Canadian bacon, I fucking avoid it at all costs because it's not good. I think I feel like you also I, I found some buttons. whiskey that has pickles in it. So I, I did not I enjoy it. choice of ham. I did not enjoy it. I saw it and I thought I should try it. And it was a big mistake. I've acknowledged that several times. The best breakfast food, I believe, is going to have to be French toast. Can we agree on chicken and waffles? I've never had chicken and waffles. Yes. Uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. All right. It's okay. Fine. I mean, there's no hey, I gotta ask you, man. Here. Since you're you're very upset about all these Canadian related things, do you have ketchup with French fries or do you have a uh, malt vinegar? Uh, it's malts vinegars. Whatever. Wayne. <laughs> malts vinegars. The, uh... You know, I'm <laughs> doing a, I'm doing an injustice to Squirrely Dan's because I should be adding some extra S's. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna get back on be. that. Yeah, you yeah. definitely should be. Uh, I do like malt, uh, malt vinegar, and ketchup with my fries. I could uh, try. I could. I could get down on trying some of that. Yeah. Have you tried uh, poutine? I have. Have I tried what? Poutine. Poutine is Canadian French fries. It's gravy with cheese curds and uh, roast beef on top of it. Sometimes an egg. It's the most awkward combination you could probably come up with. I wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, that's. I don't know how I feel about that, man. I think I Canada got. You. I think Canada got Trailer Park Boys, Letterkenny, and Hockey Right. I'm not sure about yeah. anything else. 
And Norm McDonald, I think. Oh, Norm McDonald. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to have a fucking. Hey, cheers to Norm McDonald right now. Yeah. $100 cheers. There it is. Mm -hmm. Funny ass fuck. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's uh, see what else I can find to upset you. You know what? This is. I probably should ask this question first because it kind of tied into the conversation we just had. But this person is asking for some tips and tricks to getting combative individuals to comply. Let's start with you first, Derry. Ooh, well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I can spit this out. Okay. Well, I I should, I'm going to have to preface it because I'm fresh off of some uh, training in which I've been, uh, I've been learned the ways of uh, crisis intervention. Oh, I avoided that. I never had to go. You know, I did too. And uh, uh, recently did a, the hostage school hostage negotiation school and i mean there's some good stuff in there but um you know you gotta start with trying to diffuse it and i'm not going to get all touchy-feely with the crap that they push now where you show them your gun side and offer them your pistol to try, try to help them feel like they're in control of the situation you know but wait is that actual verbiage they say no, but we're getting close. I mean, what did they tell us? Mm-hmm. Don't blade. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure there was some actual official training where they said, don't yeah. blade because you're creating an offensive um, posture. Toward, yeah. posture. Yeah. So, so don't blade. Avoid yeah. years worth of training and experience. Yeah. Because yeah. feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily agree with that. I do think that you got to try to work the empathy route as much as you can first, though, because as you get older, you know, not really looking to get into too many uh, scrappy fights or anything like that. I think Toby Keith had a good song about that. Toby Keith. Yeah, I wasn't as what, good as I once was. I think. Oh, it's, there it is. God, yeah. Yep. That is uh, starting to feel that. But um, so yeah, you know, empathy, empathy, and some some active listening skills, things like that. First, trying to diffuse the situation, but ultimately, I mean, uh, if it comes down to it. I can tell you this, I've never deployed my taser once um, in about eight years of uh, law enforcement experience. So Dude, it's just a, you brought up some life. really good, really good points. I wanted to talk first. So anybody looking, listening, doesn't cry and doesn't send the CIT God after me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't avoid it because I think I'm better than it. I just felt like I came from a place like, mental illnesses in my family. And so I felt like I kind of understood that and already knew how to talk to people. I never got complaints about that. I never got complaints about how I handled those type of calls. And then I would hear the stuff guys were being told in those classes about how to handle things. I'm not going to go to some class that's supposed to be police training and listen to people that aren't cops that don't experience things the same way we experience them. So I don't know. I didn't, and maybe this is flawed logic. I just didn't see the need for me. You know, if you've never experienced mental illness, it may, because they have, the, they still have the actors, right? The actors? Yeah. Did they have actors that you had to act through scenarios in CIT? Oh, so, well, this was actually, you know, I say that it was a, a hostage negotiation school, but I mean, it's basically CIT just blown up, you know? And so we were the actors. We were taking situations we've all been in, and, you know, acted it out for our fellow, uh, uh, officers to try to train it up on it so yeah and long story short yes yeah you know i i think i would i would you know i'm I'm shitting on cit right now but i would argue that 
for some people, like more mental health training would be beneficial as far as how to deal with the mentally ill. And I don't say that as, I don't think cops should be going to calls that are basically, this person's mentally ill, go deal with it. That shouldn't be a police function. I understand the community caretaking aspect, and maybe there's a situation where we do, but I, we're basically untrained in that arena. That should not be a police call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether that's a new service that needs to be rolled out, but obviously it's a big enough issue in this country where, you know, people are, you know, how many fucking calls do you get? Well, so-and-so is not taking his meds and acting out. Well, they, they're going to hurt you. No, they're just, you know, they're, they're being weird. Yep. Why are we sending cops? Right. And we're running this yep. all the time. I mean, yeah. it's becoming one of our main calls for service. I don't want to say most, but a good chunk of our calls are mental health related in some aspect. And I mean, you know, they're really pushing it on just police. Again, if there's a safety issue, fine, go ahead. Um, the taser aspect. I used it one time in an eight year career and it was not effective because the guy was running and he started to fall and I could see him starting to go. So it made him fall. But as he fell, one of the probes came out because I probably shot it a little further than I, I thought I was. And then, so it didn't have a good connection. So we kept running. Um, I pride, I pride myself on not using weapons. Like I used a baton once. I saw no reason to try and get into fights where dudes would fucking provoke people to get fight with people. There's no reason for that. Yeah. Um, I, I say that with a grain of salt. They wouldn't necessarily provoke them, but they wouldn't try to stop it either. There's a time and a place for an ass kicking, but it's not every time and every place. I, yes. I think that's something you yeah. can carry with you. you and know? so I think that's uh, to that point that we're, we're not police officers are not war fighters that is a, a faction of our position at certain points, but the broader scope, we are peacemakers, right? Like that's, that's the whole Jedi. idea is that we, we bring peace to circumstances where people are not able to do it for themselves. So when we get called out to these places where, you know, if there's somebody that's having a, a mental health crisis or, uh, you know, a family that has somebody in their family that, they're having a difficult time controlling. It's like the, the whole idea out there, the whole idea there is not like, Hey, we get to go free ass kicking. Let's go do it. Um, no, we want to try and help bring peace to that circumstance. At least that's, you know, I think that's how I think about it. I think how a lot of people that I respect think about it. It's like, Hey, listen, this family's having a really difficult time. Um, they're obviously calling us for a reason. We're not, going out there to intentionally try and escalate things. Now, if, you know, somebody grabs a, grabs a knife or something, that's kind of out of your control, but no, which of course we take his word as that is scripture. Yeah. I usually call him before I do anything in my life. When I, practical. Do I do too. Yeah. He's never answered, but you know, weird one yeah. of these times I'm sure. Yeah, sorry, dude. I, I, I'm sorry to ruin your whole point with a LeBron joke. I apologize. Yeah, no, it's okay. No, it's I expected it. Yeah, uh, it is poorly made. <laughs> you know, I sense some continuing resentment about the Canadian bacon interruption. So it's fair. It's fair. Yeah, and that may be the episode of this podcast, <laughs> bacon, which isn't fair because people will be like, "Oh, cool, there's an officer from Canada." 
And yeah. then it'd be like, oh, Ohio. Ugh. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. So I am Canadian. I got my citizenship in 2000. I guess it was 2009. So, yes, I no. am fully Canadian. But When you're born, are you born with skates on or do you get them like in the hospital before you leave? Yeah. So you're actually born with skates on. That's how you kind of do like an internal C-section. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, it makes sense. So they still got to set my mom up, but I took care of the rest. Good for you, buddy. Uh, I sorry, we're way off topic, but I'm gonna abuse the Canadian thing. <laughs> Are you all right, bud? Are you gonna yeah. make it? Okay. <laughs> I just feel bad for my mom. Yeah, about his culture. <laughs> There's some angry Canadians right now. Uh, yeah. um, do you? Uh, who do you root for, man? Are you a hockey guy? Uh, Maple Leafs. I can respect that. I mean, they haven't yeah. won in a long time, but I can respect nope. that. No, that's... When was last year they won the cup, man? Uh, it's been long enough where I can't actually recall. Uh-huh. I think it was back in the 60s. Oh, that's rough. I feel, dude, it's, it's terrible, isn't it? It's almost like a crime. The sport, you know, it's mostly a Canadian sport. The, the Canadian teams haven't won a cup in a while, right? I can't think of... Yeah, but I think we only have uh, I think we only have four teams. I think four teams that are actually in Canada, maybe five now. I heard they but, were going to uh, bring the Nordiques back. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, I don't know. They brought the Jets back, right? <clears throat> oh, that's right. So that would be five now because you got the, yeah Vancouver, yeah. the Jets, Ottawa, um, Canadians, then Toronto. Yeah, but I mean, all the other teams are all the other teams that are in the states and. I mean, there are a ton of like Russian players and Canadian players and all those different things. So it, yeah, I don't know. I still feel it's like embarrassing. Dude. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, it's, it's, it's embarrassing when a team from like Tampa Bay wins the Stanley cup that I gotta that be honest. That upsets right. me also. Yeah. When like, it just never feels right. Yeah. It's wrong. It's very wrong. Um, you know, and I can't take, you know, my avalanche or, you know, essentially came from Quebec. Yeah. I heard there's yep. great fishing in Quebec. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's it's like a different part of Canada that most of us don't talk about. Okay, so so I didn't know if that was just like a letter Kenny joke. Like, is there an issue with Quebec? Uh, I mean, they, what they've they've tried to secede and form their own country for quite a long time. It's been a while now since that, but yeah, like they've. I think I think. Um, they view themselves as a different part of Canada entirely. And I think most of Canada views them the same. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, they're all French speaking. Uh, oui, oui. Yeah. Oui. yeah. All right. Too. So the letter can that, I guess I understand the letter can eat thing a little bit more now, why they don't like the, the folks from Quebec. Yeah. Even though there is great fishing in Quebec. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's good fishing all over Canada, of course, because they've got like a million lakes and like a million people living there. But yeah, so like Letter, even Letter Kenny is based out of uh, a certain area in Ontario, I think. Uh, uh-huh. But it's it's all out towards like um, like my family's all from Saskatchewan, uh, out in till Alberta. Uh, uh, Calgary area, and that's it's just it's oh, so, so that would be man. six teams. We neglected the flames, dude. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah which is starting to stack up now. Like, we should be winning more. Yeah, <laughs> arguably, have I've always thought they had cool. I don't know, for as simple as the uniforms are, I always like their uniforms. 
Calgary. I don't know. Yep. Maybe it's the bright, pretty colors that could be it. It probably could be, or just it's uh, like there's something about flames you like. Yeah. No. Oh, um, well, you started this now with something in your right. butt, I thought. Okay. <laughs> I mean, to each their own. I don't know. Uh, hey, man, it's 2021. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to. You could do yourself. I guess that's probably. I'm doing a respect, option. I guess. I don't know. I'm doing a relationship episode next. Maybe I'll bring up fingers in the bum that episode. Yeah. That's um, what you should lead with. Well, I've already done that. So. Well, yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. All right, let's Second get back on track. Really drive the point home. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Did you say drive it home? Yeah. Um, this is a, a good question that I think could trigger some people, but we're going to go for it. What makes a good dispatcher in the eyes of law enforcement? Oh, Jesus shit. Christ. Try, I... God bless. Oh, let's man. move on to the next one. How about that? <laughs> you want me to start, boys? Oh, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Okay. Now, I, I've been off for a little while now. I don't think I've answered a call in... I think at least six months. So I've had some time to reflect on my career and I have got into pissing matches with dispatch. Um, I've worked around a lot of very good dispatchers. They like that though. Don't they? That's true. Oh, the pissing matches. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little. So I had here, here's when I got in trouble for. Oh, that could be another name of the episode is golden showers. Um, so Man, you boys are getting that whiskey pretty good. Or I'm sorry, oh. scotch. The scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch down in my belly. <laughs> um, I got in trouble. By the way, boys and girls, um, if you're going to send a shitty message to somebody, don't do it over the cat because other people can see it, including supervisors. Yeah, that is true. Um, I, I basically complained that, and it wasn't even for me, it was for my partner, that they got sent a late call. And there, I was like, hey, there was a swings car available to come take that call. Why are you sending him? And they argued with me and said, no, there wasn't. I'm like looking at the board and I see one. I'm like, whatever. And they said, you know, if you have a problem with that, you need to talk to your supervisor. And I said, my supervisor isn't the one sending us late calls. That didn't go over so well. I got to talk into about being mean to the dispatchers. Oh, man, this is familiar. Yeah. This is so, really familiar. Yeah. Look, I, I know dispatching is a shitty job. And I think part of it, depending on where you work, I think there's a big disconnect because it's like you're on different teams because dispatch, what are they graded on? Shitting out calls as fast as fucking possible. Yeah. And on patrol, you should be anyway told handle one call at a time, do it right. And so when we're, you know, and if you work in a bigger place, I, I know for a fact, we went through calls way faster then maybe we should have because there was just so many pending, but you should take your time on calls, do things right, do the appropriate follow-up at that time. The other shit can wait unless it's, you know, somebody couldn't hurt, whatever. So there's this conflict of interest where we, we have two different goals is the first problem. And I think that not understanding each other's job can be a big deal. But to get back to the question, to me, a good dispatcher, if you listen to what I say, if you're not giving me shit about, whatever and you just communicate or if you think i should do something else let's not fight it out over the main channel everybody has a tack channel or hey can you give me a call we can talk things out whatever don't fucking argue over the fucking channel it would be a big thing and um agreed that's very much so agreed yeah and this is another thing too is 
and this is something cops need to understand too. So this goes for dispatch and cops. The radio is our lifeline. Get off the fucking air. Mm-hmm. Air out what you need to air out, and that's it. And sure. you know, for for cops, you don't need to fucking say, "Oh yeah, I went to the door, nobody answered. I tried calling the aunt, nobody." Get off the fucking air because if I'm getting shot at, and there's a great video online, it I, I'll if I can remember what it's called, I'll, I'll reference it. But just get off the fucking air. And dispatch would do the same shit. Like I felt like if I was going to a shooting call, they'd see like um, the information we have is a black car and the suspect had on a black shirt. What? Or but you'd go to like a a noise complaint and they'd say, well, this noise complaint's been going on since 1842 when the families first settled here. Um, and there was a disagreement over the land and they had a goat named Clancy. I have a fucking computer. I can read yeah. about it. Right. Send me the call. Right. It's the same thing with like, Hey, I, uh, I'm on the scene of a five vehicle crash. Uh, here are six bins. Yeah. There's- you know, and, and you wait it's just, it's a, it's a interesting story about that. I was, uh, there was a, uh, it was probably two or three years ago, there was a uh, hit, hit skip crash and we were all out searching for the car. And I found the car at the same time that some other officer decided to start running bins over the air. So I tried to, I found the car at a gas station. It took off from me. By the time I was able to get out the fact that I was chasing this car, it had already crashed and I was in a foot pursuit by the time that another officer had finished running VINs over the air. So I was not able to get out. So it was a, it was a 20 second vehicle pursuit and then it turned into a foot pursuit and I was not able to get anything out over the air because somebody was trying to, to run things over our A channel that were just completely unnecessary. I was in a pursuit where uh, a guy pointed a gun at me And when I got on the air to report that, I'd click, beep, 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 couldn't get through. But I'd keep hearing hearing people say, add me, add me, add me. Just fucking go. You should know the fucking streets. And especially where I worked, it's a fucking grid. It's a fucking grid. Just fucking go. Yeah, that. You don't need to say anything. Just go, right? Just go. And you know what drives me nuts is that shit would continue to happen for years. We'd have some big call in. Okay. So here's another disconnect. You're not, it's a stress response though. It is. It is. It's It's a stress response. You have to feel like you're doing something. You feel like you're helpless. So you feel like you have to feel like you're doing something. So you have talking for two seconds on the air is. Yeah. You gotta have that self-control though. Cause yeah. Yeah. Cause it was every time and it didn't matter how often we said it because dispatch would say any car is the cover. And then everybody would air up. And so part of that was dispatch's fault. But also dispatch needs to know that people are actually going, which is kind of part of the problem too. But, and again, that depends on where you work. But like where I work, where there's a fucking computer and technologies or TAC channels or a services channel, go to to the other district's channel. Like there's always a workaround. Like what was that? What was that uh, video that was not that long ago? Was that the Chicago dispatcher? It was Chicago. Oh, oh that right. was great. Right. Yeah, that wasn't that. That is a dispatcher. That dispatcher that did great. Yeah, just like told people like he understood. 
the only person that's to be talking right now is the officer transporting that other officer to the hospital. That was and other than that, it's the dispatcher. Right. It's it's kind of everybody knowing their their job, knowing their position. I think it goes back to the whole pride thing, right? Doesn't that go back to the pride thing of you know? Well, and mindset too. I mean, if I think yeah, I think if you get these calls and you're checked out it takes a minute for the things to kind of start clicking in your head again. Oh, right. shit, this is what we do. This is how we handle this. Cause if you get into that mode where I'm going to go sit in the cemetery and watch YouTube all day, and then something comes out, you're not, you're not clicked in where, you know, before, once you logged in, man, you were fucking on it for 10 hours with the exception of, you know, lunch and coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes a big difference. But if you're fucking off all day because you're trying to stay out of trouble, the, yeah. I think the mindset's very important, dude. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. I agree. But, but I think it also goes back then to people knowing their jobs and not being so prideful to think that their job is more important than the other. Absolutely. Like, I think that's the, every that's part the matters. Compli- yeah. That's the complication between dispatch and patrol is that they're both completely integral and synonymous to each other. They have to, they both have to be kind of in unison but one is not more important than the other, but you have, unfortunately, in those positions, sometimes people who think in either position, sometimes there's is more important than the other. Yeah. So you start finding a disconnect. And I think that's where the the breakdown starts to happen. I guess one thing I'll add on to that too, is another thing, if you're a dispatcher that would, I think make cops happy. Don't fucking send something that's been pending anyway to somebody that's trying to go home. Yeah. Wait. Like, I get you're trying to clear the board, but like, you clearing that call, saving you a little bit, means guy's gonna miss dinner with his family or be an hour late. Which some people want that. A lot of us didn't, and that would drive me fucking up the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so agreed. Very much so agreed. All right. This is a big question, and I'm sure we're gonna be very positive about the answers here. Five year and 10-year predictions of the job across the country. So if you had a glass fucking, uh, what is it? What do they, the lookers have? The glass ball, right? Am I mm-hmm. making that up? If you had, oh, crystal, crystal ball. ball. Crystal ball, that's what all I'm talking right. about. If you had a crystal ball, crystal ball. I think they're all the same thing. <laughs> a ball. If you had a crystal ball to look into the future, uh, let's start. It's kind of a broad question. So, so we don't, we're not on this all day. 10 years down the road, what do you think the job looks like? Uh, that's been my, that's been my, uh, I don't know. I, I think my sentiment for a while here is that they are looking for every reason possible to federalize the police force. I think they want to get rid of small town, even localized, even semi, semi decently sized, uh, police departments. I think the the government would love. I'm not. This is. I'm not trying to go on a conspiracy theory here. But, okay, Dale Gribble. That's a um, Yeah. Uh, I think ultimately the a federalized police force is what they're looking for. So ten year prediction. I don't know. It, it depends on how things are going in places like Chicago, Seattle, some of these other larger cities, um, where they're offering now all of a sudden you know, National Guard to come in and help take care of things. Um, I don't know. That's that's sort of like the doomsday approach. 
uh, the other approach is that things will continue on like they have for a very, very long time. We're going to go through our ebbs and ebbs and flows. Um, things will be bad for a while and they're, they'll get better. And it also depends on, on who you can interest in getting into this profession. I think that's the, I think that's the big question. That's... Who are you going to be able to get into this line of work? Because, uh, you know, the last couple of years have their impact and a year and a half or two years of, of the, of the past can have a, a 10 year impact in the future. It's going to, it's going to play a part in the people who decide to get into this profession to begin with. I, I appreciate that you brought up in uh dairy, we'll get to you in just a second, but sure. I appreciate that you, you brought up the point of the federalized police force. Cause I brought that up in an episode um, with officer Parker and I didn't really articulate myself very well, but that was kind of one of my fears. And I don't know, I'm kind of on the fence. Do I think for some, some people in the high levels of government, if that's what they want? Yeah, I absolutely do. Because that's a huge level of control. Uh, I absolutely hope it doesn't go that way. I think if we have a federalized police force, disaster, it's going to be a disaster and you know all states are going to lose their rights state rights which is yeah. i think something that we could talk for hours about and i'm i'm not even that well educated on it but it's obvious to me when you look at any readings or read the news or there states are kind of losing their identity because everything's tied into federal money well if you don't do this then we're going to take this money away and right you know and that's i'm sure a symptom of something else and that's a great topic for a different day and somebody smarter than me. But a federalized police force would absolutely be catastrophic. It would be. Um, and, and for all the reasons that we've been talking about beforehand, you talk about people who actually care about their communities um, and you take that away, you know, you, you take that away then all of a sudden the officers who you have a small town that maybe it only has five or five or 10 officers, but they actually care about their community. Um, they know the people in their community. They know the things that are going on. You move to a federalized police force and these guys are getting rotated in and out of, uh, you know, it's a little similar to the uh, RCMP actually up in Canada where, where they're actually, it's almost like a, a uh, military like they're posted in certain areas and they don't really have a choice uh, a little similar to like the ohio state patrol here um, initially you don't have a choice on where you go and as you get seniority you you're able to pick the the area that you want to go to um but it 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 takes away from the empathy it takes away from the community connection that you build but it is much more difficult to control. And I think that's what you're seeing right now in places like Chicago and in Seattle. I know we talk, we're, we're not talking COVID, I know that, but just um, the, the resistance to it, to some of those mandates, you're seeing community mm-hmm. members, those Chicago officers are community members, the same out in Seattle. Um, and, and they're sort of the, the front line of resisting something that I believe is unconstitutional and uh, a federalized police force will be just as unconstitutional, but who's going to be left to uh, resist it at that point? I don't know. That's going to be the, that's going to be the question. I guess we'll see how many cops stick around here over the next 10 years. What do you, what do you think about all this, Derry? 
Well, as far as the federal police force goes, I mean, like you said, there's a constant eroding of of that, and I, I'm not sure that I'm. I guess I'm not pessimistic enough to see that it could be federal within the next five or ten. I think that could be ultimately something in fifty years. Um, but we, I mean, even at a state level, we see a centralization of things. You know, we see um, our governor is pushing for last I heard anyways, a state academy where every officer had to go through the one state academy. Whereas right now, you know, there's a, a ton of community academies and that can be good or bad, but ultimately what they're trying to do is, you know, get it centralized under one thing so that the state has all the say as, as to how people are trained in this job. But as far as how I see it in five or 10 years, um, you know, I'm, I guess, Ultimately, I'm a little bit optimistic that it's what we're seeing now. Uh, what we saw last year was um, cyclical and, you know, it'll fade out of the, the media cycle and, and it already has to some extent. And things will probably, I'm hoping, you know, over the next four years or so could be slightly more pleasant. Um, you know, 2014 was a bad year to be a cop. Um, yep, it was. Happens to, happens to be the year I started, probably about the same time for you, it sounds like. Yeah, I got I got it basically a year a year in on the road out of FTO before all that hit. Yeah, so a wonderful time of, of your formative years in your career. Yeah, um, but uh, so you know, and then we kind of saw some relative peace there. Um, so much so that you know I could go to DC for Police Week and not feel like we'd be protested the whole time. But you know, I I wouldn't want to go now. I mean, I'm sure it was fine and everything, and it's great for the folks that went and honored, you know, our fallen. But um, you know, it's not exactly a good time to publicly proclaim your cop. So anyways, I mean, I'm, I'm shit, off. we have to do things. Uh, I mean, I, I'm still off the job, but I still do everything anonymously because I don't want anything to come back. I mean, right. very few people from letter Kenny. Yeah. Right. Like, cause we can't, we're, we are in such a weird position where we can't fucking speak because of a fear of retaliation, which right. I said this earlier in a podcast. I thought this was America. Uh huh. So, yeah. Um, I, I didn't really get to my point about the, and I won't ramble on too long, but I, and maybe this is the scotch talking. I kind of see the way that everything's going right now. I think we're basically going to be trending sideways for the next 20 years. And I don't know what's the catalyst that's going to make things get better or worse but I just see the next 20 so years of this country where maybe there'll be a small budge one way and then there'll be a, something to happen and then it'll budge the other way. And I just, I don't see a whole lot changing because I don't think anybody is in a position to get anything done because I think um, the people with the voting power in Congress and, you know, the president, I think it's just going to flip flop the next bits of time. Um, because somebody's going to, you know, rise to power and then they're going to, you know, they'll have some downfall. And I just, I don't know. I, or maybe we're going to get lucky, man. And, and we will have a, a once in a lifetime leader again, that can unite the country because nobody's done it, you know, and I, I'm not getting into politics, but I just, uh, to be honest with you guys, I I've kind of at this point in my life, I don't care anymore. And I mean that like as, as hopeful as possible, I've just kind of come to this realization that, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally fucking wrong, but nothing's important or that important. I mean, obviously the, the, the thing that's most important to me is to give my kids a good life, to give my wife a good life um, and to raise my kids. Right. 
nothing matters. We're so small in the, in the scale of the universe and time that I, you know, I, and maybe I'm being selfish and, you know, I'm not doing my part to make the world a better place, but, and maybe I'm just fucking jaded because I've seen how shitty the world can be. I just don't care, man. I just don't care. And yeah, maybe that's well, fucked. I don't know. Well, you know, actually, I think it's actually admirable. I mean, um, my wife just, she went to some yuppie craft festival of some sort. And Charming Farm. Um, but anyways, they, she saw this sign and she loves this quote. But it, it's true. And what you said really made me think of it is uh, it's by Mother Teresa. And it's, you know, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And, you know, what you feel is selfish, you know, or, or jaded is actually an admirable thing i mean people will think that they can go out and change the world and usually they're the fools that can't even get their own lives in order and you know i think it's much more admirable to go home love your family and make them decent people because that's how you change the world you're not going to change the world you know uh, uh, any other way in my opinion well the the only thing i was going to say though is you accuse me of having my life together that's way off but anyway go on wayne i'm pretty sure <laughs> it's yours, make, buddy. Just make clear. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I think that, I mean, to that, to your point, no, you don't have your life together. Neither do I. Uh, neither does whatever we named him. Get By the it. way, you guys look great in the fire. I can see when every time you get up to start the fire again. Are we glowing? Mm-hmm. I think we're going to turn around here in a second to, to give you the full view. Is that when you guys are going to kiss? Yeah. We really wanted to end the podcast with a bang. So that is when I just said kiss that's you when took it to another level. <laughs> you have a problem with that though, man? Hey, it's 2021, man. Is that- Dude, I don't give a fuck what you do in your own house. <laughs> if you want to dress like a giraffe and fuck somebody in the ass, I don't care. Yeah. I don't hey, care. So if you're a furry, I don't care. This is gonna segue really nicely into this next little part here. So yeah. back to Mother Teresa. <laughs> Back to Mother Teresa. I mean, it's like honestly, it like <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just the gravity of what just happened, and then know, Mother Teresa just, just hit me. I Move know on. the giraffe, Mother Teresa. She loved giraffes. I'm sure she loved them. Yeah, so very much. But, <laughs> but I mean, no. It's like I think it's like the understand. Like no, none of us have our lives together. Nobody does. Like that's. I think that is like a, a very general truth that none of us have our lives together. Of course, we all, we all want the best for our families. Um, but it, it, and well, it'll be very brief, but it's like a, it's a biblical principle that we try and treat our neighbors. You treat your neighbors the same way that you want to be treated. Right, it's not necessarily golden rule. It's love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, so it starts small. I think that's the whole thing. It's like it, it we're looking for this, we're looking for like a government solution or looking for some large solution to a lot of complex problems. But I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's where the answer lies. The answer lies in and listen like so you know gary here is uh dairy dairy sorry he's super soft here is yeah yeah, i mean so soft (laughs) uh be partner we work almost every single night together 
um, same section of the city. We look out for each other. It starts small. Um, our families care about each other. We take care of each other. Uh, quite literally, our next door neighbors, we look out for them. We try and take care of them. It, it, it's small, small stuff there. And I think it's, I think that's the humanity that has to be added back into the whole discussion here, into the, into the whole equation of how the problem is solved. It's, it's not, it's not through some mandate. It's not through, um, it's not through some large entity here. It's through people caring for each other, next door neighbor to next door neighbor, cops taking care of uh, other cops, but then also taking care of people in their neighborhoods, doing the best that they can. Like that's, it's it's a slow solution. It's a it's not an easy one. It's not an easy big thing here. So I, I, yeah, I guess you're right. Over the the next ten or whatever the question was, the next five to 10, 20 years, where do you see things? So, hey, take care of your neighbors, take care of your friends, and as friends, take care of other people that are close to you and do it genuinely, not as some act of service, just because of who you are. Real briefly, so we can answer some other questions. I, you know, it's been documented that I moved from the city and now I'm out in the middle of nowhere. And it just amazes me. And don't get me wrong, they're still Karens, they're still assholes. I mean, I saw a guy the other day yell at a lady, the late McDonald's lady for fucking up his drink. Um, God, I wanted to kick that guy's ass. But, you know, you don't do that when your kids are in the car and uh, when people are looking. You do that, you follow him out and to the middle of where he lives and take him to cornfield and beat him. But, amen. Amen. Thanks, Mother Teresa, for that lesson. But, <laughs> Okay, I really lost my point here. But but for the most part, genuinely, people here just treat each other better. And yeah, there's Karens and there's assholes. But and I've only been here for, you know, three, four months. And, you know, maybe as time wears on, I'll see some things I don't like. But even a guy that I had an argument with in AutoZone about um, California, which was weird. That's a story for another day. Even he was respectful about that. In Colorado, we probably would have shot each other in the parking lot. Um, so it people are just genuinely better. And I think people shit on, you know, the small town is, you know, they're slow and they don't have, they're not as educated and blah, blah, blah. But then you look at these big cities and they're all filled with a bunch of assholes and they have a ton of fucking problems. Who's doing it right? Just saying. Yeah, no, it's true. 100% agree. Yep, I agree. All right. Um, a couple, I wasn't going to ask this, but a couple people did. So I'm going to ask it. Is Ohio real? It's so real. I mean, I mean, it's, yeah, it's very real. I'm living it. So yeah, it's a, a real place. Suppose. So this yeah. isn't like a, a vision in the matrix or anything like that. You guys no, are. I think so. I mean, there's a lot of corn, a lot of soybean, and then you get into the city, and then there's a lot of. That's how Iowa is. Is a lot of soy and corn. I mean, I probably Actually, wouldn't recommend coming here for any particular <laughs> reason, but it is a real place. I mean, Dave Chappelle I, lives here, and that is true. He's here. And yeah, I don't know. They... Why? Well, I'm surprised he lives there. I, you know, he, I guess he likes the slow speed of things. You know, yeah, going back to what you said, yeah. you can, speed, but there's something yeah, to be said you can about listen it. to his, his thoughts on it. He likes the, 
dirty hippies with uh oh yeah i you didn't watch the whole thing well so i was uh good my well my brother was in town and he's like oh i don't have netflix i'm gonna watch this and i was like had my toddler and i'm like well i don't know about this and so you know i was like kind of in and out of the room and so i saw points of it not that my fucking 16 month old's gonna hear (laughs) and understand it but it just felt weird and i wanted to watch star wars anyway but i caught bits and pieces of it but yeah he he does like them hippie girls Mm -hmm. yeah um it's really weird to me that people a a comedian said something controversial and people are upset about it yeah you know that's how fucking far we've fallen right i think that's where and i think that's almost to his point uh uh, both he and bill burr have made sort of the same point it's like comedy is sort of like the last frontier for freedom of speech uh-huh. like when you when you can when you can't laugh at something when you can't laugh at certain things that like you have lost you've lost a lot more than maybe you understand that you've lost and i don't know it, yeah he he uh he doesn't live too far off from us and man if i could sit down with him and talk i'd I don't, I got, I have no issue with his humor, with what he says. Like he's truthful. And he's not been pro law enforcement by any means. Yeah. You know, it's some of his comedy, but you know, we don't take that personally because uh, he's a comedian, you know, I mean. And I guess we don't know where he, well, I guess that's the whole thing with like a guy like Dave Chappelle. It's like, I understand where he's coming from and I understand the things that he's discussing, but I don't think he would ever he would ever not sit down with one of us. He wouldn't, he, Dave Chappelle would come on this podcast and talk hundred percent. Like, it's not like it's anybody have his agent so we can bring boy. If I was actually going to have millions of people. Yeah. If I was actually going to have millions of people listen to it, this would be my yeah. time. It's like the same with like a guy like Bill Burr. Like they I respect their honesty. I respect, but I don't think that they're unopen to hearing, you know, different points of view like it's like what they what they talk about is their experience and it's comedy it's comedy and people get so offended by it it's like it's just their their jokes you know their jokes from some personal experience like it's like that's the i think honestly i think that there could be a new wave of comedians from from police officers i mean honestly like uh poorly made police memes is a sort of a a part of that it's a different wave of comedy that obviously is like officers get it like so like like i told my dad to follow it it's my dad follows the page and he'll send me certain ones he's like i don't get it <laughs> dude i gotta be honest with you so my dad doesn't have a facebook but i guess like he'll get on facebook to look at what i've posted mm-hmm. which is kind of embarrassing because i'm like you know, here's my dad and he's this really respectable guy and here am I making, you know, fucking dick jokes and shit. <laughs> um, I, I I feel like I'm kind of an embarrassment. You already used his credit card for booze. So. Yeah. Yeah. He used dad's credit card. But, it's already kind of pathetic. But anyway. Yeah. But I was going to talk about, oh, what the fuck was the other thing you were talking about? I, the, the comedian thing, it, it spurred something in my memory that I wanted to bring up. And I don't know if whoever listens to the podcast did this, but some country guy posted, hey, tag your favorite comedian and see if they hit you up. I got tagged in that post. 
And Facebook sucks because, you know, once it gets to like, you know, 10,000 comments on a post, you can't find it. Like you would think you would just click on that notification and it would show you it. Yeah, I have that problem all the time. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Totally it's difficult. Advice. Yeah, it, it happens to me a lot. Sorry, I'm kind of a yeah. big deal. But, you know, I'll get tagged and stuff and I'll never see it because it's like a huge post, which sometimes people are tagging to be trolls and whatever. But so this person that tagged me as like their favorite comedian, which it was quite humbling. I mean, like that is really cool that somebody considers me funny i'm not though i'm i am lucky by circumstance but But honestly man like it you know to to a degree like it is a big deal because like your humor your humor has united a bunch of police officers in really difficult times i think that's something that's been really special about your page Mm -hmm. um about your humor it's like you somehow have encapsulated a bunch of shared experiences between officers from departments in all different sizes that everybody goes through and everybody relates to. And that is just, it's so funny. It's just so funny. Like guys just, it's, and people need a reason to laugh, especially now. Um, Do you have any more compliments about me that you could keep giving me? I'm really no, but it's right like now. that is, I don't know, like I think, but I think that should be a starting point, though. I think that should be a starting point. I hope that there is more like, I think cop humor is some of the absolute funniest stuff. Like the stories that, that we have experienced as officers, like you've kind of just scratched the surface with it, with your memes. Yeah. It's like those, because everybody really relates to them that means that everybody has kind of gone through similar experiences which means that there are like 700 or 800,000 cops out there who have probably had similar stories but also different crazier even more hilarious ones um i don't know i just i think that yes i respect a guy like uh dave chappelle bill burr is hilarious there are a lot of great comedians out there but i wish there were more uh more cops out there that were actually doing stand-up actually going out there and and relating police work to other people through comedy holy shit i think it's the best way you made you reminded me there's a dude because i've been playing the bands and there was a guy he's like hey i do stand-up will you play that i'm like yeah i'll do that yeah do it man i think that's that would be like but Oh, fuck, dude, email me or send me a message because I think you got lost in the shuffle because I was totally going to do that. Or maybe he did and I lost it. Fuck me. I'll find, try and find it. Maybe I, I haven't done the beginning of this episode yet, so maybe I'll, I'll do this for him. Yeah. When it comes up. But yeah, so yeah, I think that is a good comedians. point because some of the funniest fucking dudes I've ever met are cops. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're he's... quick too. They're super quick right. too. Because oh, yeah. Of, you know, that's the nature of the beast. Right. Yes the gift gap man like it's like we most of us at least the decent ones have it i mean i think you could stick a lot of cops on on stage somewhere and, and just start telling stories and people will laugh at them oh yeah i don't know and you can so, definitely tell on this podcast the guys that have been on for a little bit compared to the newer cops i've interviewed because they can talk mm-hmm. um they can just talk and, and talk about things for hours and bullshit and you yeah. know you get lost in the time where not shitting on anybody that's been on, but then you can kind of tell the people that are, are kind of new in the game and haven't really found their, their voice, so to speak. Yep. That's um, true. Let's move to another question kind of related to comedy and, and memes and all that. 
Ha- have you paid attention to the uh, meme war on uh, the October meme war that Not Today IA on Instagram has been having? No, I'm, I'm aware no, of I the just... joke, but I'm not paying attention to this now. No, so they do a, a meme war every year between all the cop meme pages, and they I think they just had the first round the other day. And so this person was asking who I thought was going to win. And I didn't, I did the first one they did. I think it was the first one they did. And I just decided, and I'm not like shitting on anybody else, but I won and it was really cool, but it's not fair. Like I have a hundred thousand followers and some of these other pages have like a thousand, like that's, that's not cool, dude. Like, I understand like when you feel too good for yourself. Uh, I mean, is that, am I wrong for that? Cause I was just like, this is fucked up. Like, but you earned it. Yeah. So, I mean, I got my one and I'm cool with that. And I, I like kind of playing having fun on the sidelines, but since you guys aren't paying attention, I'll answer it. Um, I would like to see um, my boy RJ from uh, five. Oh my God. That's awesome. Win because he's the OG oh, in the group. Maybe that, maybe that was the one. So I follow, I follow a bunch of different ones and I'm trying to remember which one I just laughed at like hysterically today. And then I'm going to, I'm going to be also rooting for a guy that I consider one of my sons, uh, who's your five Oh, who's a newer, newer meme page. And then the guy he's going against, uh, fuck like copperator has been talking a lot of shit to me. And so, uh, I'm going to shit on copperator. So what do you mean talking shit? What's, uh, I don't know. I posted a meme about like, cause all those guys are, you know, posting memes shitting on each other and how they're going to okay. be other, And, but none of them have won. And, you know, so they're talking, you know, they're fucking talking all the shit and they, they haven't won. They haven't done anything. Yeah. And scoreboard. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I kind of made a meme poking a little fun at that. And he said, well, you weren't very good at being a cop, but you're uh, good at making memes, which here's a good way to piss off a cop. Call him a rookie or call him a bad cop. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's made an enemy and I'm sure he's a great dude, but um, fuck your life because yeah, I will make sure it. you lose. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, so I'm going to be rooting for my rookie page and using my influence. Uh, do you, uh, what about 10 8 memes? 10-8 oh, dude, memes? that's dude, he's my homeboy. Okay. Yeah, he's been on this podcast. He's on episode five, I believe, five or six. Yeah, that his his meme trying to <laughs> can't even read it without laughing, <laughs> trying to make an out of state temp tag at night. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he and he's not in it either. I would, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, he's not in it, but I he would I would root for him. So um, I think Dispatcher Mo's in it. I would root for her too. And then I don't know if not today IA is going to be in it, but they make pretty good memes. So I would vote I for them too. Yeah. Yep, yep. I've seen them as well. Those are the people I would say if I missed anybody, I don't care about your feelings. But, but today um, memes got my vote. But he didn't. He didn't do it this year. So still got it. Yeah, he's good shit though. He's, he's my boy. You're my boy, Blue. Dude, there's a lot of fucking questions, so we're not gonna get all of them. Um, let's see here. Have you guys had? Uh, you guys just had marijuana legalization, right? And CBD legalization? Uh, medical, no. medical, medical only. only. Yeah, they're looking okay. at recreational again. They've done that like twice now. They've tried, but you know, so far okay. just medical. Okay, what about CBD? Is that legal? Okay. So any issues with that at all? Or is it kind of, I mean, medical has probably been around for a while, right? I mean, no issues in the fact that people are smoking weed all the time. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It, <laughs> so, I mean, that's no. been, that's been a thing. I get a lot of weed related questions when, like when I was on patrol, 
even. And I, when I started, I think rec came into play right after I started, but everybody had a card, dude, like five-year-olds were fucking running around with, Oh, I got a card. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's like the fucking yeah. fake vaccine cards. Like you just fucking order them off eBay. Like, yeah, yeah, everybody has a card like, Oh, you know, doctor, you know, suck my ass wrote a prescription for weed. So that was it. So good doctor. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he, no, knows it's, to, he needs, knows how to treat a man. Yeah. No, there's uh we can't, I don't, we can't even write a ticket under a hundred grams. Yeah. We don't weed. I mean, it's basically legalized here. It's just, it's not. Which yeah. is funny because no one's picked up on that. So all the criminals yeah. listening to this podcast, now, you know, it's actually been legalized this whole time, but yeah, we don't even, we don't send it off for testing, which means there's no probable cause, which means there's no, you know, proof beyond reasonable doubt in court. So uh, we don't, uh, we don't mess with it unless it's over a hundred grams. So I don't, basically we just destroy it. It was my understanding that there wouldn't be that many people listening. Oh, millions, millions, millions. of people listening to this podcast. Sorry, my Sorry, friend. Ohio. Well, now they know. Now you know. Every every person in the population of Ohio listens. So I guess that brings up an interesting discussion. And I feel like it's been brought up in the podcast, but why not? Uh, what do you guys think about legalization of weed? I don't really have a horse in the race. I don't really care at this point because, you know, we don't, it feels pathetic because if I stop a car and I just so happen to come across weed, I'm supposed to take it for destruction. Um, Like I said, if it's below hundred grams, we don't uh, ship it off to the lab to test it for criminal charges. That seems like a really weird gray area. So at this point, if we're going to basically implement legalization of weed through the fact that we don't feel like budgeting for lab costs, why not just do it <laughs> at yeah. this point? I mean, Agreed. you know, I, I don't know how else to put that. I realize that's pretty jaded, but I, I um, honestly, you know, and this might tickle some people the wrong way, but I think there's much bigger issues at stake than weed. And I know there's all kinds of arguments. And I think the issue too is it's legal in a lot of places. It's illegal in a lot of places. And so I think you're having these issues where you have, upticks of violence because people are still transporting weed and you're having Mm -hmm. these fucking crazy takeover robberies and you know people are protecting their investment with rifles if it was legal everywhere i think you'd probably have less issues i could be wrong um no i I mean i think that you know in the state of ohio i think there are five or six different sites now that are have been sort of plotted people are actually growing weed on those like state owned or yeah i think state owned or state allotted areas where they can they can produce uh marijuana for the medical cards yeah i I do think that if it were were legalized that you could potentially start focusing in on not that there's much attention to our border whatsoever at the point but um we have a border It's there. Oh, yeah, we do. It's it's separated by the Panama Canal. Oh, yes. Correct. It's right there. That's where it stops. Small body water. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I do. I mean, I do think that if uh, states were getting taxes from it, and of course, people would still be trying to find ways to avoid paying, you know, (laughs) that's the whole point. People talk about buying drugs buying them legally 
yeah, the, the whole idea of taxes coming into play and the, the price increase. And like, I think marijuana is about the most expensive drug we take off the street right now. We can't even charge for it. Um, so I don't, I, I guess I don't totally know how that's going to pan out. Uh, even if it's legalized, I don't know uh, how it's working in other states where it is legalized. Are people getting it in other sources? I don't know. Will it, will it slow down the illegal importation from, you know, from Mexico? I guess I don't know. But there are a lot of reasons why it seems like it would be easier if it were just legalized and take some things off our plate. Yeah. And dude, you know, I worked in a state where it's legal and you would see these fucking takeover robberies of the dispensaries, super violent fucking robberies. And my assumption is, is, you know, and again, it's probably one of those things that, and maybe you still have issues because you could steal that shit, sell it ch- cheaper on the street mm-hmm. and the people that, you know, were younger or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then the other part of it too is steal that shit, fucking sell it out of state. Um, yeah so it's never going to be perfect for no. sure so I'm, I'm curious did you see a reduction in like you know um trafficking that you could easily tell was illegal trafficking outside of what the state you know sponsors or allows um for weed i mean i i don't think so or i think so because the shit you would see was like high quality stuff right uh-huh. it you know i think it kind of changed overnight you know, we had all these issues where people were eating like the whole brownie and fucking dying because you're only supposed to eat like a portion of the brownie at a time, you know, or like you could have one gummy of fucking weed and that'd be enough, but they'd eat the whole fucking bag of gummies and they'd be fucked because it was way too much CBD. So or not CBD or T THC or whatever. Yeah. I would say it probably did have less like commercial trafficking from out of the country. That That's me though. I didn't, I was a beat cop, so I didn't do a whole lot of interdiction stuff. I didn't have time for it. Um, I would say that I ran out across more kids than I'd like to say that were fucking had backpacks full of weed with guns selling them in schools, though. Hmm. So that was, I mean, but I'm only speaking from my limited experience. You know, I wasn't there in the 90s to see how that went, shit went, too. So I, I only have kind of a, a sample size of that. So Somebody with more experience would probably have a better answer for you, but that's my perception at least. Gotcha. So, but I mean, I just kind of came into my career where, you know, weed was pretty much legal anyway. So that was what I observed mm-hmm. is kind of the after effects of that. But there's still incredibly violent crime in Colorado that is tied to marijuana. Almost every homicide that you see is tied to gangs and drugs. And people don't want to believe that. Oh, we have this gun violence in our country and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, of course, mass shootings are a problem. But most people aren't dying in mass shootings. Yeah. Um, no, it's all tied towards. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. And like, so is the idea that legalizing marijuana is somehow going to ease that effect. I don't know. Yeah, that. that I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I, not. Maybe if if uh, old timers listen to this podcast that has some insight that has a lot of dope experience, uh, hit me up. Did I say listening to this website? I think I did. No, you said podcast. Oh, did I? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Podcast. I'm sorry. Fall- sometimes good scotch does it. Man, <laughs> yeah, that just it did. Does. I'm falling apart, boys. It was a long day, man. Very long day. 
Um, but let's start with some, uh, let's keep being negative because this is fun. Mental health. Somebody wanted to talk about mental health for police officers. And then somebody wanted to talk about what do you do for fun? That's not work. And I think they kind of tie together. So <coughs> fuck me. Um, like I said, I'm falling apart, boys. Hopefully I don't got the Rona. I don't think so, though. I don't think we were, so. We, we were talking about soy, soy, soybean and, uh, and corn. It's fucking harvest right now, and there's a bunch of fucking dust kicked up. And ever since oh, yeah. that started, I've been fucked. So yeah. I think that could be my thing. Small figure it out. Figure it out. out. <laughs> fucking pull a finger out. out of your house. Fucking figure it out. <laughs> All right. But anyway, um, what do you boys do for fun? Keep yourself sane. Uh, we're both, I think, kind of in the same same boat there woodworking is a big thing what we uh we build stuff. We work each other's wood yeah well so to speak i mean yeah <clears throat> work Different well dimensions but we're yeah. working with us about Different the same dimensions. stuff yeah here. but we like uh no i gotta do i think uh, <clears throat> i'm not trying to speak for you here but i think that the the profession kind of takes a lot out of you from, like the mental the mental side of things like i, I want to be able to create things like build things so i do a lot of things with uh with wood like work like building tables like woodworking just different projects around the house that, and uh i know he does a lot of the same stuff i don't know just something where you get to actually build something you're not talking to anybody else i don't know it, it just need to be not around people <laughs> You know, just not talking to other people. So, what about you, Super Soft Terry? Uh, well, the only other thing I have, other than what he's already said with woodworking, there is uh, fishing um, and just generally outdoors and hanging with the family. But, um, you know, just disconnecting, uh, getting away from people, like you said, is pretty important to me. So, uh, fishing and woodworking, those are two great ways to kind of get away from it all but i don't know we've been on we've been on our fair share of uh pretty shitty calls uh especially more recently yeah and uh i don't know it doesn't it doesn't seem to uh you know sometimes i think i'm a little bit weird because it doesn't really seem to bug me too much it's almost like you found this disconnect and again i don't want to speak for you but i don't know it's just sort of you, you find a way to 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 disconnect and whether that's through family or hobbies i don't know what but um i'm not complaining because you know i know that some people don't don't find that or maybe i haven't experienced what they've experienced but you know i i guess here's my take on it i felt for years i was good i had an experience that fucked me up and that fucked me up and I had some issues with it and I kind of, I buried it deep down and then it went away. I was good for a long time. And for me, when all this like anti-police shit came up and then even, you know, family members would say shit to me, then shit started to kind of hit me differently. Like why the fuck am I dealing with all this shit when this is, this is the fucking, the support I have. These are the people that allegedly support me. And then it kind of all hit at once, Um, you know, and I I have a buddy that I talk to a lot that kind of is going through some of the same stuff and we didn't work at the same department, but you know, he's good forever. And then just, you know, and he had way different circumstances, but 
it hit him and then it just kind of all hit at once where 20 years worth of bad shit is just boom it's right there and i don't think that happens for everybody i think just people we're all wired differently you know some of us are a little more high strung some of us uh can hand some people handle shit better some people act like they handle shit better and they they can't and then they suppress it and you know, those are the guys that you end up honestly worrying about because, you know, they never tell you if they're having a bad day. They never talk about things. And then one day they're gone and nobody knew that that's what, how they were feeling because they just don't talk about it. Um, this is a really happy episode, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's deep. It is deep. But I don't know, man. It's just the mental health thing is, is kind of fucked. And we've <clears throat> talked about it a couple of times. It just... So if I can, I mean, if I can say yeah, something ahead. on that go really ahead, quickly, it's, I think it's, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm happy that, you know, we're, we're doing this uh, podcast here with, we talked about doing the threesome thing here <clears throat> with actually having like that's a, nice. you know, a, a two beat partners, like, you know, the two of us share, you know, same work days. We work the same section of the city all the time we've been through um kind of hell and back um a couple of different couple of different times and i think that's you know maybe that's one of the things that i pull out from law enforcement as difficult as the job can be it's it's about the person that you're working next to so when you have the opportunity to work with somebody that becomes a like a brother to you you know like we're separated in age by a, a certain period of time i mean our families are hanging out inside right now and kids are hanging out and sleeping and it you know like that's you can't put into context or words sometimes the things that you go through but when you have somebody that has gone through those times with you and can put those into context or at least help process it's like the last like the last shooting that we went through you know, we went through a shooting together and it was like the next day we were, it was really important. We all got our families together and, and had dinner together and like nothing crazy, like not like processing all your thoughts or all your feelings or all those different things or just actually just being together and like just being grateful to be together. And it's, it's that camaraderie, like that brotherhood that is indescribable and that helps you through the absolute darkest moments. So for those like for those officers that are in places that don't have that, I think that that part makes me sad. For those departments where you have the opportunity to make sure like you make like get your families together, like understand who you're working with. You may not share all the exact same viewpoints or all the same things, or maybe not even the same point in life, but like get your families together. So it goes back to like that. I don't know. Uh, I forget what movie it was, but there was some like all the guys on the base on the department were on the same baseball team. And I don't play baseball or softball, nor do I care about it. I don't really like sports. But it's that mentality of like you look after each other like your brothers and sisters, and that's that has huge implications for how we deal with the things that we deal with. And I think sometimes that, that aspect of law enforcement has been forgotten and I want to see it come back. 
Wow. Dude, that was maybe the best thing I've heard on this podcast because I'm kind of just kind of blown back because it, it just makes so much sense looking back on it. Mm -hmm. And if I could speak from personal experience, there were people on my department that I was and still am very close with. And I worked on a big department. There's a lot of people in the department I couldn't trust further than I can throw. Yeah. And, you know, they would act like you're their friend. But then, you know, if you said, hey, um, can you can you do a little follow up for me where I go this part of the city? You might go talk to this person. It was like asking them, you know, to fucking kill their firstborn, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, they'd say, oh, yeah, I'll be there, man. Just tell me where to be. And then you'd send them the address and they'd, they'd fucking ghost you. Right. I think if you're in a police department and mine was, it has a very toxic culture, um, top to bottom, bottom to top. It's fucked. I mean, it is, it's fucked. And I look at some of these departments and it can happen everywhere. Um, but look at some of these departments that have the high suicide rates. Yeah. Why do you think that is? And honestly speaking, like the mental health aspect, um, when I was in a position where I didn't, have that close person on a shift huge difference huge difference on how i was doing or and honestly like even now i i miss that where you don't have that person that has been through that battle with you to talk to all the time and that understands you because you know and i don't know if you guys ever ride two-man but if if you have a two-man fucking car and you and that person get along well and you guys sync there's no more fucking fun you will have in your life agreed mm-hmm. um yeah you know you can you know what your partner's going to do they know what you're going to do you fucking it's it's a fucking blast and yep. you never know when that last day is going to be right but you know when that's taken away or you know whatever happens you know maybe you don't have a you know, ultimately, you're not going to be able to work with the same person your whole career. Maybe. Um, I hope you boys get to, though. I'm going to. I would be sad to hear about you guys breaking up. When, none of you guys fucking promote and sell out. All right. <laughs> well, but, no problems, you know, I think, on either either but, side here. In a lot of these places, the camaraderie is gone. And that goes back to what we were saying before. And I don't think we straight up said it. But the point that we were all trying to make is respect is earned and it's not given and so when there's no level of respect on the department and there's no level of on the officer side not a supervisory side but on the officer level there is no standard of what this is how we roll this is how we do things Mm -hmm. if you're fucked um and in a job when you you see officers do the when you see officers do things the right way from the beginning, that starts to build. So like we, we got onto the department about the same time. I had just a little more experience, not enough to matter. Um, But you, you see officers doing things the right way and it starts to build respect. Even from young officers, like I, I started to build respect for him I saw how he was doing his job and like he started to build respect for me because he knew that he could trust me on certain calls because I was not entitled. I wasn't, 
I don't know, demanding respect for myself. I was trying to figure out how to do it and do it the right way. Humility. Yeah, humility. Again, it goes back to humility. So all of a sudden, when we all decided we wanted to start trying to get, so there was a group of us that all decided we wanted to start getting on the same shift together because we liked how we all worked and we respected the, the work ethic. So we've been on, now there's a group of us that have been on the same shift for a while now. And it's, you know, in despite of all the other things, that, that has been a constant. And once that starts to break apart, then it, you know, gets messy. But yeah, do things the right way. Be humble, work hard, find the people who are doing the same thing. And this job becomes a lot more fun. Absolutely. And to kind of go back on some prior points about the last couple of years in law enforcement and who are they going to hire? Uh, the guy I spoke about earlier that I had to earn his respect, he left before I did. And I saw his departure as a real sign. You know, I'd always looked up to him and he made the point, we're not going to be able to do the job the way that we should do the job. And I can't do it. And it really, you know, so you're losing guys like that. You're losing guys with 15, 20 years of experience that have done it the right way on patrol. And let's be honest here. We do, we spend a lot of time defending cops. Do we not? Most cops do, right? Mm -hmm. But then we also spend a lot of time bitching about cops. Yeah. You know, both, and are, I, both are fair. Yeah. Say what now? Both are, both are fair. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. But I think we have to look as a, a police community, kind of look inward a little bit. Yeah. Is some of the shit ridiculous and made up? Yeah. But we are doing a lot of shit that does not help our cause. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see guys like I prided myself on being proactive in, in writing tickets, but I never wrote a ticket to somebody that didn't deserve it. And when you have guys that are just fucking going out to write tickets just to beat the guy over, you know, like, oh, I'm going to write this many tickets. Well, fuck you. I'm going to write this many tickets. That's a problem. Uh -huh. You are not doing things the right way. Yep. And when it becomes a competition over stats and shit like that. And I think law enforcement has just kind of lost their way. And people look at like Art Acevedo as this fucking mecca of law enforcement, the guy's a fucking douchebag. And, you know, he's supposed to be this great law enforcement leader. So we have guys like that, that are supposed to be law enforcement leaders who's basically destroyed every department he's went to. Rebuilding the department by fucking destroying it and leaving. Fine. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just such a broad discussion. But I am, I'm really worried about the future of the profession because, look, there's some guys that come in at 21 and start and be fine. I think that's a rare breed. But the last few classes that I saw come through, they're all kids. Yeah. All kids, man, with no life experience. I'm telling you, 21-year-old poorly made police memes. I mean, squirrel to Dan. Um, there's no way I would have been a cop or a good cop. I would have been a fucking mess because I had no life experience. And that's something you need with this job. So yeah. I don't know. Man, I 100% agree. And it's I mean, fucked, not... but I just, I just hope that. Oh, sorry, you didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I, I just, 
you know, and if you're not going to have the life experience that you, then you need to have the humility that we talked about, because you got to understand that, you know, you're dealing with people that, that have a lot more life experience than you. And so if you're coming into this and you are 22, 23 year old, and um, you have to be prepared to, to yield to somebody's expertise in something, you know, if they're talking to you about a marriage problem and you're not married yet, you don't have kids yet, then, you know, you can't really sit there and say that you understand as you try to sort out their life problems, but you know, that's, that's humility. So if you if you, if you don't have the life experience, which like you said, it seems like more and more that's becoming an issue where people are, you know, career student growing up and then go straight into the police academy, which is fine. I mean, it's not the way I went, but that's not to say that it's the wrong way if you go that way, but then you need to be prepared to have some humility because you know, it, the people are going to see right through that. And so at the very least, you could listen to them and, and be humble about it and try to show a little empathy and you might get somewhere with them. Yeah. I just, I hope for anybody that, you know, cause I know some people that aren't in law enforcement that want to get in and even some people that have been around for a while, listen to the podcast and yeah, I make some dick jokes and talk about elephants fucking, but, or no, it was giraffes. Sorry. But that's a great way to start a, a point, but <laughs> Really, you know, and I, I say this from the outside now, but I, you know, I'm kind of looking at getting back in. What, why do you put the badge on? If it's for the pay, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Is it to kick ass and take names? You're wrong. If that's part of it, um, and you look at it as a sense as I'm taking care of my community and I'm, you know, making sure people are safe. Okay. But you know, the days of cracking skulls is over. Remember, your, you know, I hate to steal somebody else's thing, but remember your why. Why are you doing it? And think about what the world needs. Well, That's rhetorical, changes. so don't answer it or you're going to fucking run laps. <laughs> right. It changes. It does. And that's, you know, and I think we need to be open to that. And I think the problem, too, is I think cops do an okay job self-advocating, but our, our leaders don't. Where... A lot of, you know, I've talked about this at length, but I don't, I won't bore you guys, but no, so agreed. No, yeah, and it would be worth its own discussion point at some point about police leadership. That is a whole different thing. And I, yeah, Yeah, I, I think a lot of these issues here, police leadership have fucked themselves in. Yeah. Uh, The people in positions, we really need to start thinking about educating the public on what, what the police force does. And look, the the police force should be the community but there's so many things at play that you know if anybody says anything the police department's like okay we'll do that without like discussion it seems like instead of explaining things like you know well this may have looked rough but this is why the officer reacted this way and we trained him this way and it all falls back it fucking drives me nuts that it falls back on the cop even though they're acting within their training within their policies Oh, well, we need to change our policies and that officer is going to get into trouble. So, I mean, there, there's lots of things, you know, and I'm, I'm fucking on the outside pointing fingers, which is a problem. No, but we, but we I think see I have that some now, authority though. to talk about it. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of really, really great officers, even at our department, are getting written up left and right for doing really, really great police work. Great police work. Um, but people above them, People in command with stripes don't understand it. 
are, are looking at things from a different perspective. And that is one of the saddest things that I've seen over the last couple of years in law enforcement is seeing that disconnect of, of guys that actually came from an era in police work where there was more freedom to take care of business. Like, you know, like even mentioned the word pursuit here right now, you get written up, which is sad, but you know, these are guys, these are people that are in positions of leadership now that I watch do things that I'm not permitted to do now. And they are the ones that are questioning my intentions when I do try and do something similar or even less than. And I think that's the, that's the difficult part to watch is like, where, where does that transition happen in leadership? Why do you, why do you get into it? It's like, you, you ask the same question, I, I suppose, like, why do you get into law enforcement? Why are you, why do you want to become a cop? You, you should have some pretty good answers to that question, especially nowadays. But why do you want to get into leadership? Why, why do you want to become a sergeant? Like, what's the driving point there? Do you actually want to lead a platoon? Do you want to lead other officers? Is that what you want to do? Why do you want to become a lieutenant or a captain? Why do you want to become a chief? I think those are all really, really interesting questions that I would like to hear answered sometimes by honest people. Like if you could get somebody on your podcast that is now a captain or a lieutenant or somebody else that can give an honest answer to that question, I would love to hear it. I had a guy because that it, is an assistant, was an assistant chief, mm-hmm. or is, I'm sorry, is an assistant chief uh, in an agency in Mississippi. Hmm. And I don't know if you got to that one yet, because you told me where you I were. Not, yes. Okay. Yeah. He, um, I thought he was very fair with some of the stuff that he said. And to preface it, he's not, he's not the guy we're fighting. He's, mm-hmm. he's I think, very true to the, how things are. But he gave some real answers. Um, you know what I want to know is, and I, there was a guy that hit me up that it's high ranking too, but he also sounds like one of those guys too. So I, you're not going to get art. Acevedo is not going to fucking come on this podcast. You know what I mean? Like not. no, none of those fucking, and if he fucking, it gets back to him fucking you're, I will kick somebody off if you want to come on and you can defend yourself. Yeah. Um, but you know, I want to know why these guys and gals that are in fucking leadership positions, they'll be the fucking first ones to brag about the shit they did in the nineties, which yeah, the run tax is not within the fourth amendment. I'm just fucking telling you guys that. So they would do this shit in the nineties and then they'd brag. Oh yeah. We used to do this, this, and this, and this. And then if you say, you know, a potty word, then, Oh, our officer, we shouldn't act like this and blah, blah, blah. Or it's unbelievable. And then you'll, you'll, you know, and I'm not going to fucking, I said my first, my first and most terrible podcast that, you know, I'm not going to name where I worked and, and shit on the people there, but you hear about the things that, you know, people in the leadership have done in the past or what they still do, but then they'll fucking get up on their high horse and act like they're better than all these fucking people. And I'm, you know, our, our officers need to be more professional. Look, I'll be the first one telling you all day. I will shit on bad cops all day long. And I do. Yeah. But we're all human and, too. And, and you, in the same sense, I think you would you would use your platform to praise good leadership. So like absolutely. like for my like for my my first department, the first department I worked for, 
um, my chief spent, it, it wasn't like a, it was small, but not, not small enough where you would expect your chief of police to answer calls with you or like just show up randomly. It's like my last day on the job at that department, I got into a foot pursuit with a shooting suspect and my chief was there and we chased him down like a tased him in the middle of the street and like it was like he just showed up out of nowhere but he was listening to the radio it was during the day he got in his car and he was available and it's like what kind of respect do you build like i've yeah i've respect i built for him and like what he did in his leadership where he expected all of his lieutenants to work on the road at least 50 percent of the time his sergeants were 75 75 percent of the time they were supposed to be on the road um and he tried to uh kind of defer some of the administrative tasks that they had to take care of now i understand like with departments that are calia certified and that sort of thing like they have to go through a whole different sort oh, of I thing shit on calia down the road too. you'll <laughs> yeah. enjoy that yeah i hope Good. so i would love to we'll hear let it. Him have it oh but, here's the best part i don't mean to cut you off dude but calia yeah, no Look at all these departments that are CALEA certified. It's basically worthless because all of them are in trouble. Yeah. It's basically worthless. By the way, if you were on a CALEA board and you want to defend yourself, I will kick somebody <laughs> off too. <laughs> you know, we were talking, you were talking about leadership. And uh, again, on my exit interview, I made the point. I said, look, I've worked here for eight and a half years. I've never met you. I've never seen you until this moment in time. And they said, well, you know, I, I, I just, I can't get out and meet everybody. I fucking work for you. And I'm not like, look, it's yeah. not New York city where there's like 40,000 cops. Like that makes a little more sense. There's, I mean, there was a lot of us, but not that many. That's and, fucking ridiculous. And if God forbid you died in the line of duty, they'd go to your funeral and they'd be the main keynote speaker and they'd pretend like they knew you. So that's why I made that. Do. I I don't even if I, I don't know if the shirt's still for sale, but I I made a shirt one day when I was really angry and bitter that said uh, "No brass, no media, no politicians at my funeral." Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have that in my will. Yeah. Is that there will be no nobody from my community, like in the like upper ranks, that will speak at my funeral. Nobody. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't you want them to be the pallbearers pal though, so they can let you down one last time. <laughs> it's only right you yeah. could just drop it from six feet and i'd be fine <laughs> with it that's yeet yeah just yeet me down to the grave my friends yeah. that's such a great word i'm like yeah that's a boomer thing for me that word's like probably three year old three years old by now and isn't funny to the kids but i i love it oh yeah all right we're gonna end on a high note and we're gonna be a little less serious here Frequently, I get questions regarding the specific state and some urban dictionary definitions. I haven't looked this up. I don't know what it is. So the question is, what do you know of and have you participated in the Ohio Lady Omelette? You know, I wish I could, I wish I could claim knowledge on this, but this is, this is new to me. Um, well, Wayne, do you have my a guess? Esteemed colleague is proceeding to Google it apparently, but All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, of course, I'm going to Google it and see what. <laughs> but I, I got nothing. I mean, omelet seems to, I don't know, almost suggest something quite messy. But I'm not, I'm not sure. 
I like omelets. I mean, yeah, they're good. I mean, you know it's sexual. Right of off course the I do. I mean, yeah. Yes. Okay, he's got a It's an up. orgy. Oh, it's an orgy. Okay. Uh, sex party. Jesus. <laughs> we need Jesus after this one. I'm going to use this on the street now, though. I mean, this is a learning experience for me. A sex party at a family reunion. (laughs) Yeah. That has gone horribly wrong. (laughs) Oh, there's more. But wait, there's more. I feel like it's already gone horribly wrong. Hey, I don't, I'm surprised if we're talking about a sex party at a family reunion. We're not saying real real tied. Sorry. I have. There you go. Turn it. Turn it that way. Sorry, I haven't read the definition from Urban Dictionary here incorrectly. Not incorrectly. Just left too quickly. There's, there's some important parts. Ohio lady omelet. What do you got? Decorations. <laughs> it's well. Look, I can. It's tell not you, good. I've never had an order to get a family. A sex party. One. Lady inserts a whisk, preferably silicone. It has to be silicone. No. Okay. Nope. Probably, Here we go. Probably... Typically performed at an orgy, sex party, or a family reunion where it has gone horribly awry. Roll tide. One lady inserts a whisk, preferably silicone, into another lady's vagina. Once this is done, the first lady, the inserter, goes around the party and one by one convinces, coerces all the guests to stick their fingers in the vagina of the second lady, the insertee, to feel around to see how nice it feels in there. What? Now, why did that go to Ohio? You know, I'm with you. It it should have been elsewhere. That's, that ain't ain't right. It ain't Canadian either. No, (laughs) no. Before we get to the word of the day, word of the day, do you guys have a favorite patrol car? Uh, well, gosh, yeah, I, I do. I just don't know if I want to mention on this podcast. Yeah, I, I have a feeling the bias is already going to be there uh, on the host. You guys are going to fucking disappoint me again. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, fucking lay it on me, boys. All right. 2012 Challenger was my favorite. What the hell? You said a challenger? Charger? Charger. Yeah. I was going to say, what did you have a chance to drive a challenger? <laughs> that was a specialized unit. Yeah, apparently, that I wasn't a part of. All right. <laughs> and uh, what about you, old uh, uh, I, I got to go with the 2012 Ford Taurus 3.5 liter uh, EcoBoost. The thing was, that thing was pretty fast. It was, it was crammy and uncomfortable and my back hurt, but... Damn, the thing could catch up to people back when we could pursue. Which now he also had a uh, twenty-five minute pursuit video where he, uh, yeah, it's a it's a good one. You know, we're gonna go with a uh, a letter getting reference here. Hopefully, you guys can hear it. Sounds like Coach. Boys, you're fucking embarrassing. Well, you can't replace the sound of a crowd Vic. I will give you that. That is the true. The speed yeah. was, was there in the Taurus. <laughs> uh, so, 
Derry, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but Wayne, are you familiar with the word of the day I've been doing on the podcast? Uh, no. Oh, uh, maybe I started, maybe I started it, uh, after where you're at, but so I liked occasionally, and it was a thing more of the past. I didn't get too much of it, but a word of the day you try, you know, in briefing, you'd come up with a word that you try and throw into a report over the air. Uh-huh. Um, and so people have used all kinds of different stuff. Um, do you have any words that you, and it could be anything, any word or maybe a phrase that you think somebody should try and sneak into a report or get in over the air this week? Hmm. Well, you know, if it, unless my colleague here has something better, I would have to say, uh, what's that Biden word that true and economic pressure, something like that. Does he what's speak? That? Words? No, no, it's more of a, a gibberish, but that's the point is that it would be really difficult to work into a call for service on the radio. And, and what does he say again? It's, I guarantee if you Google it, you'll find it, but it's something along the lines of true economic pressure. And it's, it's all one word flowing together beautifully and, and only a way that he could do it. Um, See, but, but you would get, hey, listen, uh, you guys can, you guys can switch over the, uh, yeah, just use uh, Brandon for B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So if you got if you're if you're using the word boy, boy for calling out a plate. Oh, that's Brandon. Fucking epic! I like yeah. it. Yeah, that is. We're going with that. Adam Brandon it, boy. Yep. Yeah. There you go, dude. That's fucking awesome. That should be a thing nationwide. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm probably going to start using that. <laughs> yeah. All right. For so myself, if I ever make another traffic stop, which I'm probably not going to do for quite a while, but if I do, I will. Yeah, just make one up. That's how you get out of calls, dude. You just fucking, you know, run by a parked car. Oop, I got to stop that one. Yeah, I can't take that juvenile call, but I'll be out on traffic. Now, what I'd like to end the podcast with, which I like to do is, give people an opportunity to impart some words of wisdom to the millions of people that listen to the podcast. Derry, I'll let you go first. Do you have any words of wisdom for everybody out there? Well, no pressure. Yeah. No kidding. Huh? Um, you know, I guess summarize what we've already talked about here, you know, do right by your, by your coworkers going around criticizing other cops on how they handle calls and things like that. Uh, I got little to no respect for that. Um, you don't know how you would have handled it. Um, and God forbid you find yourself in the same situation there where you're having to deal with that same problem. So you're right by your people. Serve with a little bit of humility. Man with pride is a man about to fall, as I stated earlier. And just uh, try to serve the best you can. and Keep this career field a little bit honorable. Well said, Wayne. Yeah. Uh hard to go after that but um this profession is still honorable and treat it as such if it's time to get out get out um do what you can but while you're in it treat it with respect and with honor and look after the people that are next to you so there are a bunch of people coming up especially for the people who are somewhat seasoned if you have some experience and you see some people coming up uh, underneath you, it's probably a different time for them. So help them understand the, the profession and the honor 
the honor that we all know of this profession to be and don't let it be, uh, I don't know, don't let it be lightened because it's, it still is truly an honorable profession. Yeah. Well said, dude. Well said. Yep. Well, boys, I appreciate your time. Um, everybody so many questions. I apologize. I only got to like, I felt like four or five of them. So if they're not Ohio steamer related questions, I will, uh, I'll try and get to them down the road. If I have an opportunity, as always, thanks for listening to the podcast. If, uh, if you want to make this podcast continue to live on a couple things you can do for me is, uh, spread the good word, tell people about how poorly made it is and how much light it brings into your day. Steal your parents' credit card, and at the end of every link, at the end of every podcast, there's a link that says "support this podcast," and you give me some money to keep the lights on. It's like Patreon, except you don't get anything, but it makes you feel good. And also, merch. Christmas time is coming up. You know, buy yourself something nice. You know, something nice to wear to your uh, disposition when you get fired, or deposition when you get fired. And uh, of course, take care of the sponsors of this podcast. Uh, they make it possible to keep this going on. So take care of those folks. Obviously, take care of your uh, yourselves, your brothers and sisters out there first before you take care of me. Uh, coming up, the next podcast I got scheduled is a relationship episode. There's already some good questions rolling in for that. Uh, maybe a very special guest appearance on that. I'm trying to work that out. And also a huge announcement on that. And I know huge. I know everything about it. It's going to be great. You're all going to love it. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to make everything. It's going to make your world better. You got to trust me on that. And that's my uh, shitty Trump impression for the day. So with that said, everybody out there, be safe. And remember, I love most of you. Bye-bye.